tapping. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Rhett, two. It's been a while since we did one of these. I don't want to be here for three and a half hours. I'll go quickly. <laughs> I've got two. I've got two. I could talk about three. I've got, but I'm going to talk got, about two. I've got two topics. One of them is video games. One of them is anime. <laughs> I Now I know why we don't do these anymore. Oh. They just get so bloated and fat now. I, okay, if I'm going too long, you, you can yell at me to stop. No, I can't because then I sound like a fucking cunt. Here, I'll be the I'll be the cunt. I'll yell. You John, kids yeah, John being the one that measures when somebody's talking too long. <laughs> That's what I want. This is all going bad. This is the worst <laughs> way to start a podcast ever. Are we started? Welcome to the Soxcast. We're not dead. And this is episode 74. Woo! We made it to 2018. I wish we hadn't. Jeez. <laughs> ever the I am Polly, ever the optimist. Oh, wait. Mm. I, I thought your name was The. My name is The now, according to Skype. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loaded up Skype. And the first thing it said was, welcome, the... Time to update, fucker. Yeah, it did. Skype is so bad now. Like, it, I mean, it was bad before. But mm -hmm. now it's like, it's trying to be a phone app on my computer. And when I call somebody, it plays this awful Eurobeat song while it's trying to connect. Like, what was wrong with boop, 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 boop? Like, what was wrong oh, with I that? I missed that. That was so nice. So, yeah. you've bitched about Skype before, so it was the Dark Souls of phone messaging programs, but now it's the Dark Souls 2. Oh. Ouch. Services. Or, or since it's unnecessarily frustrating, the, the Neo of... of, of <laughs> These are some... <laughs> These are some deep cuts for the gamers in our podcast listeners. <laughs> yes, the podcast for gamers and gamers only with a Z. Are y'all ready to jack in for another good gamer podcast? <laughs> gamers. Obligatory Ready Player One reference. Oh, shit. <laughs> hey, Man. kids, Battletoads. Do you oh, remember fuck. that? Oh, fuck. Um, um, the Legend of Zelda. Oh, that's a good one. Deep cut. Nice. Deep cut, I, I know, that. but hey, you gotta go with the classics, am I right? Hey, you can't go hey. wrong with those. Who here remembers Overwatch? Oh my Woo! god. So last week. So last week. <laughs> guys, 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 though. Seriously? Yeah? Did you, Have you guys ever heard of Contra? The impossible uh. video game? Yep, that's right. It is the Soxcast number one difficult game. The hardest game. Nobody can actually beat it without 30 lives. It's true. Mm, it's, yeah. Literally impossible. Hey guys, welcome to our gamer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> to my immediate virtual right, God is empty just like him. <laughs> it's red. You hyped for the Olympics, Polly? I, got, I took the next two weeks off. I'm going to watch all of it. All right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm super I'm excited. Hyped, I'm hyped for the winter storm that was named after me. 
and and it, it is <laughs> today. Woo! So that's over. How's it going, Matt? What state are you finishing all over? Well, I don't know. Ah! I don't know where it was actually centered because uh, I don't pay attention uh, to news. Me neither. Why hey, winter sucks. Time? Winter's terrible. I hate it. I'm and not we, a fan. I figured you'd love giving it a nice, good experience in your. your oh, that's right. Moly. You're not in Florida anymore. And now you're no, like, I'm oh not. my God, this is horrible. Yeah, I'm in Chicago. I now. understand why people have been bitching about this my whole life. This sucks. It's the Holy fucking shit. worst. Welcome to our hell, fucker. Oh my god, I have to put on like seven layers, but then, <laughs> but then I get into the like the subway, and then I'm packed like a sardine with a bunch of other bodies, and it's hot because I have the heat on. You're packed. So like then the layers are crushed ten bucks. Ugh. So now the then the layers suddenly become my instrument of torture. It's that's cold. that's winter. That's winter. Yeah. And you, you left Florida. You gave up the right to, 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 to ever bitch about the cold, though. You voluntarily left. Yeah, but so on the other hand, I was leaving Florida. You don't actually get to have this conversation right now. You have to just <laughs> hang your head in shame. Okay. There you go. There you go. That's a good, to my immediate virtual left, your favorite internet meme of 2018. It's John Thire. Oh, Hi. Hey, uh, remember we used to do these sometimes. I know, right? Yeah. Crazy, huh? You think about it? Like the old days, everybody'd get together, sit down in front of the computer. Sit around the fire. Talk about, talk about video, <laughs> jack off and talk about, talk about video games. Jack off oh. two video games. There was that one time Rhett jacked off on a video game. No, that's which never was, happened. Which was a little weird at first, but, you know, <laughs> you know, a, to each their own. Very weird that it was, you know, a Wizards and Warriors cart, but we'll go with that. <laughs> oh, wait, I forgot to send my present. There we go. Rhett's Rhett got the real iron sword. What Ooh. is this present John keeps mentioning? John keeps oh, don't worry about it, Rhett. A present. Okay. It's, 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 it's for Polly. It's not, don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Um, cool thing to bring right. up during the middle of a podcast recording. <laughs> you know, just that you were just that. sending me an exclusive thing. Good. Um, um, so, yeah, hi, I'm John Thayer. You you are. You totally are. Can I introduce myself? Oh, you can introduce yourself. I'm, I don't have an introduction for myself. You already gave me one. I feel like, we're, I feel like I'm good. You think, we're, you think we're good on introductions now? Rhett, do yeah. you want to introduce yourself? Firewaytimes.com. Blogspot, what? Formspring. <laughs> Far away I times dot Formspring. Very good. Yeah. Ericsjoystick.com slash Twitch. You've got the internet figured out. You've got the internet figured yep. out. Yep. Makes sense. Hey, Rhett! Have no, you... don't go first. Don't go first? Who, who do you want to go first, Rhett? Polly. Why do I have to go first? I mean, I'll go first. I've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> oh, but it's your, but if you y'all want to invite that into your lives, then it's your responsibility to Shit. do so. Right. Who's it gonna be? <laughs> John. Yeah, we should just go ahead and get it out of the way, just, right? Just peel the bandage off. Pull the bandage off. off. Just rip <laughs> right. it right the fuck off. 
All right, there's some stuff that I could have talked about that would have been like pretty fun. Um, like I could have talked about Toho or whatnot, and you know how to do all time with y'all. Nobody uh, likes Toho. I guess we've nope. talked about that a lot, honestly. I feel like we've talked about Toho a lot. I feel like we're good there. Um, but I've got two things to talk about, oh. and it's great because they're, they they inspire they both inspire like a wide range of emotions in me. Oh yeah. Uh, so you know, y'all are y'all familiar with Full Metal Alchemist? Uh, oh, oh boy. I wondered if you were going to go into this, because I was going to oh, say you had to yes. if you didn't. Oh, yes. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm very familiar with Full Metal Alchemist. See, I watched okay. I watched the 2003 anime, and I have not mm-hmm. indulged in anything else, because it's all garbage and not existent to me. So, y'all go ahead. <laughs> all right, right. What about, what's your experience with Full Metal I, Alchemist? I watched, a... the origi- <laughs> I watched the original anime, and I loved it. I watched it like probably three times now, because I think the third time is with Bali. Uh, then I watched the movie, and it's okay. Yeah, Shambhala is kind of And then I watched Brotherhood. And then I Ooh. watched Brotherhood. And I was like, hmm, this sure is real pretty and has a lot of action, but man, I just kind of don't care about the story. And then he punches the bad guy a lot while everyone says Ed in a circle. Wow, this is weird. Like, it seems like y'all don't have a high opinion of the of the remake series, but isn't that the one that everyone likes more? Yeah, well, that's because the been... internet likes something doesn't mean they're right. Yeah, that's kind of been the it's... prevailing opinion in recent years that I've noticed is that people with no taste keep talking about <laughs> anime when they shouldn't be. It's pretty great because ever since I got really back into Full Metal Alchemist, like constantly I'm seeing people go, hey, I'm starring this show. I'm, st- I'm going to watch Brotherhood. It's great. And the it's almost like the remake has basically like completely erased the original story in the public consciousness. Yeah, I think they're it's both really on Netflix, fun. at least. Yeah, they're both on Netflix, which is great. Funimation, I think, doesn't have the rights now, so they can't... I think that's why it's not on Crunchyroll or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. To the re- original, I mean. Um, so, I watched the original show. I watched the original show once on my own and loved it. I watched it with Anna, um, and we both loved it. Anna didn't like the ending. Um, so, and... <laughs> uh it was pretty funny because we watched Utena after that, and she said, um, "John, is this gonna? Are you, is this gonna be?" When she, she was really worried that the ending was gonna be unsatisfying, and she said, "John, is this gonna be Full Metal Alchemist again?" And I said, "No, no, it's not. It's not." And she re- and they really loved um, the Utena ending. So I watched that twice, um, and then I heard some people talking about how great the um, remake series is, and I was like, "All right, what the fuck." Um, I was kind of stressed about starting a new job, so I needed something to obsess over. So I went to the library, and this is like fate. Um, not not like fate. <laughs> fate I, hope huh? not, I hope not, because that's equally terrible. They had um, every volume of the Fate Stay Night manga. <laughs> um, and I went to this library downtown, and they had basically every single volume of the Full Metal Alchemist manga in omnibus form. How many um, is that? Like 27 volumes. Seven. Yeah. Not, I mean, 27 and then put together into nine omnibuses. Uh, um, yeah. So I got all almost all of it, and I was able to check it all out at once. Loved it <laughs> home on the subway. They must and be like, it, uh, you're not stealing this, right? No. Because you're just were renting out like seven volumes, seven omnibuses at once. I asked them, like, how many books can I check out, by the way? Expecting like three. And they said, oh, like up to 50. I was like, 50 really? books? Who's checking out 50 books? God. So I rented, I, I borrowed every single Full Metal Alchemist 
volume the, the in order basically um and then just step when i got home i just stacked them all up and then it was just like time to get to it and then i read basically non-stop because i was starting a new job again and i had nothing to do so i didn't need to apply any more jobs i didn't have any i had a whole weekend where i could just not be stressed hmm. um and i just did that and i read like 10 volumes a day for like two and a half days and finished the whole manga so what did you think oh it's it <sighs> <laughs> I was going to, like, humorously go, like, it's bad. Um, but, like, for the first half or so, it's legit pretty fun. Um, it's, like, pretty good shonen. It moves at a good clip. Um, like, much faster than the original 2003 series. To the point where, you know, it's not, like, it doesn't have as much in the way of, like, feelings. Like, Shao Tucker's whole thing is, like, 40 pages. I, like, counted it out in Nina, the girl who does not have a great fate is on page for like not it has is on nine pages in the comic oh total yup whereas in the show they in the old show they had her it was a two-parter they added a bunch of stuff so that you had lots of time with her um before shit went down went south to, to feel even better when the fate that is bestowed upon her is bestowed upon her yes um but before sephiroth kills her um <laughs> so it, but it moves, it's not, like, trying to be, like, super dark or anything. It's just a fun action comic that moves fast. Um, and then they introduce um, the father, who's... The main thing in the comic is that instead of the homunculi, who are sort of the baddie roster, being um, created whenever someone fails a human transmutation, um, they're just all created by this one guy who's trying to do something mysterious. He's just the big bad. The the Scooby-Doo yeah. big bad. <laughs> he, he's uh, like Final Fantasy boss. I he's think. like a he's like a particularly boring Final Fantasy boss. Yeah. Um He's like one of the NES Final Fantasy. He's like he's like <laughs> you know, X-Death. He, yeah, he's like X-Death or Xenos, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's about I I don't know, I feel like X-Death has more personality. Oh, wow. Definitely. It's actually a plot point that he doesn't have any personality because yeah. he he took all his sins out of him to make the homunculi. So he mm. he just is emotionless. It's pretty great. Um, pretty great. So, so about 13 volumes in, there's a big climax where all the characters are fighting the father and all the homunculi, and they've all been sucked. They, they escaped. like They got sucked into this weird wormhole inside of Gluttony and escaped by like using a philosopher's stone inside Envy, who's a giant monster, really, mm -hmm. to force open the gate that oh, access, that you access by doing human transmutation, and then they use it to create the gate that forces their way out of this wormhole and save themselves. And they fight. They all fight the father, and then they lose. Um, and then they the father just kind of lets them all go. Like, all the characters are there, and then the father's just like, all right, bye, um, I'm going to sacrifice you later in my evil plan, so I need you to alive. Um, pretty much the whole story, they all, they need most of the cast alive for their ominous sacrifice, so nobody's ever trying to kill, none of the homunculi are actually trying to kill anyone. Um, that, that part, so I watched Brotherhood, and yeah, that yeah. episode where he just lets them go was like, the moment something clicked in me, I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> like it's so strange it's yeah just like it builds up to this final boss climax they lose and then 
there's no consequence to that. Nothing happens. It's like if at the end of the floating island in Final Fantasy VI, they lose against the Emperor, and then the Emperor kicks them off and says, all right, in like six months, <laughs> I'm going to blow up the world. And Capcat doesn't do anything, and then they just... And then you, and then the climax of Final Fantasy VI was that you go back onto the floating island and kill the emperor. <laughs> but 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 the way to make it cool is you actually have to wait six real months. <laughs> yeah, real time. And then there's and then there's thirteen more volumes of Final Fantasy VI before they go fight the emperor, oh, <laughs> or whatever. God. Yeah. So there you the, go. so the so the back half. So after that that like non finale, um, all of the momentum just gets sucked out, and it just becomes interminable. Um, they go to, like, the northern wall, and they have Armstrong's sister, who is the most amazing, amazing character. It's why Brotherhood's so much better than the original series, is because they have Armstrong's sister, and she's just, like... She's very strong. She carries that series a lot by herself. Yeah, she's really, she's really hot, and she's really likable and cool, and completely perfect. <laughs> like, does not grow, does not change at all. She's just a perfect, oh, amazing yeah. character. That is pre- that is present and likable and doesn't add anything to st- the story beyond that. Um, and this is when I started to feel like, oh, this is like a Marvel movie. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say that, but I saw Black Panther, which was really amazing. So maybe Marvel movies are are getting better than Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood now. Um, so yeah, the the whole back half of the series, they're just kind of like building up to like, all right. Shit's going to go south soon, uh, but we need you all alive for what it does. So just, you know, go go fraternize amongst yourselves until we're ready to enact our evil plan. And then that's ten volumes. Oh, my God. That sounds so fucking insufferable. I, I didn't even really process how awful it was in the moment. But, like, <laughs> looking back at it, there's just, like, it's just a blur. There's nothing in that ten-volume stretch I really remember, like, Greed comes back, I guess. He takes over another guy's body and he does some shit for a little while. Um, that we know that the evil plan of spoilers, the evil plan of the father is to um, draw a transmutation circle around the entire country so that he can suck up everyone's souls so that he can become a godlike being. So he it's a he wants yeah. to destroy the world so he can become a Final Fantasy end boss. Um, yeah, he's a Final Fantasy boss because his goal is literally to fight God in a fist fight. He kind like yeah he he wants he to gets, basically beat up God, become God. Um, he gets real big at one point and like tries to open the gate to heaven or something. Yeah, that, that bit was like kind of muddled, so I didn't really follow it clearly. It's pretty um, cool in the anime, to be honest. Yeah, I'm sure it's pretty. It's um, very pretty, and then you know. It's just like, oh man, this has gone so far off the rails. My yeah. my only stake in this, uh, and yeah. I think that this is the important stake, mm-hmm. um, is Envy still fuckable? Because I want that all over me. Um, Envy's still Envy's still hot, but not as hot as in O three. Mm. Envy's true form is significantly less fuckable. Oh. Envy's true form is a, is a Final Fantasy end boss. <laughs> oh, she good. looks like she looks like she turns into Neo X Death, and that's her true form. Instead of it being like. So when she reveals her form, it's like, oh, scary, instead of it being, oh, now I'm crying forever. Um, oh, man. So then the last, like, five volumes are just fighting because they're about to enact the evil plants. So now everyone's going to stop them. Um, you know Scar in the in the original one? The guy who... They go way more in-depth about the Ishbalan massacre, which is when a bunch of major characters in Full Metal Alchemist 
white characters do genocide mm. on a bunch of brown skin characters in another country. And oh. yeah, remember that that bit was in the original. That's it's right. really rough. Yeah, it's really it was rough. It was hard hard to deal with in the original, but like they really in the '93 show in the '03 show because in basically all of these a bunch of these major characters are Nazis, mm -hmm. at and but in the '03 show they're also like very leaning into the moral ambiguity of the different characters yeah like mustang's climax in the 03 show is like him trying fighting killing the dictator and like failing to save a kid as the that the dictator like just kills and mustang is the one that kills one of the major character main character's parents mm -hmm. uh, mustang kills Minri's parents um in the in brotherhood it's scar that kills Winry's parents so it's one of the Ishbalans. Um, it's very black and white in Brotherhood. Yeah. Who's good and who's evil in FMA 03 is all gray, where it's like, yeah. oh, you like all these characters, and they're, oh, they're kind of stand-ins for Nazis. What the hell? Yeah, so the, in the anime, like, everyone's... The ending of the anime, like, the, not the like, Scar talks to, like, the elders, and they're like, we just need to all get along. And then Scar's like, okay. And then goes and fights, <laughs> with, the, fights with the Nazis for the rest of the... Thing. So, like, they they lean into it way more. They, like, show a lot more of the massacre in detail. They have a whole volume on it. Oh, back to it. That's a great thing to have a, an entire volume <laughs> of a manga on. Yeah, but then they don't... It's the most basic, like, neoliberal <laughs> bullshit where, like, if we all just get along, then we can fight the real bad guy. And Scar has a big climax with the, where he beats up the dictator and... Um, <laughs> And, yeah, so the end of the thing is the all the people come together, the Ishbalans, who are the victims of this genocide, and the Nazis, the not-like-Mustang, um, Ed, all the kids, they all come together so they can fight against the guy who wants to eat everybody's souls and his army of zombies. <laughs> and that's the climax <laughs> of Brotherhood. Oh, wow. Do they stand in a circle that's... and watch as Ed punches him for a while? Um, and so at, there's a point where, <laughs> so they get to, they fight, they fight and fight and fight and fight and fight and fight for five volumes. They're like it's itchy and scratchy, volumes. really. I definitely know John isn't exaggerating about it being five volumes because it's like 15 episodes of the anime. Oh it's my just, God. It's like the entire last season is like one fight. And then they get to the end and they beat up, fight the father and they fight the father and Ed fights him. And then... They, he, the father successfully does the transmutation circle, and everyone but the people in like this little radius has their souls sucked out of them. So you watch as all these characters from throughout the story like fall down dead, and there's this moment in my brain where I was just like, there isn't a single ounce of me that doesn't know that these characters are going to hop back up in 20 pages. Like I knew in my soul, like everyone was going to stand back up in like 20, 25 pages, which is exactly what happened. Um, there's some, it's Doctor Who bullshit. <laughs> it's like a Doctor Who finale. Oh, I was going to say, God. it's like Dragon Ball Z, because yeah, that's, they, like, that's where I was going. They that blow up the earth at one point and then just revive everyone, you know? Yeah. Um, so they just, they just revive everyone, and then Ed fights the father in a fist fight and wins by beating him up real good. <laughs> it's like that um, God after... of War, God of War 3 ending. 
God. <laughs> and after both he and Ed get their bodies back. Perfectly no with no cost. Oh, Ed has to give up his um alchemy. That's that's um, the he gives up his ability to do alchemy and that's what lets him get his body back in addition to Ed getting his body back and everybody living happily ever after. Oh, and uh, spoilers, everybody, in case you're going <laughs> yeah. to be reading or the manga or watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, we should be, point out that there will be spoilers. <laughs> so, so, the end, so the ending of the show is completely half, happily ever after. Barely anybody dies. Scar doesn't die. Um, that makes me mad because his death yeah. meant something. Yep. I legitimately don't remember that he lived, honestly. I thought he, oh. you know, died against Bradley or something. Nope, he, I think he <laughs> kills Bradley. Um, so it's all, it's, it's all of the, none of the homunculi are interesting because they're all just bosses. And the way that you kill the homunculi instead of like the, they're, because they don't have any human remains because they're not based on, they're not ex-humans. Um, you just have to kill them enough times. Yeah, it's they, literally like HP in a video game. Yeah, they, oh. they they seem invincible because they keep healing, but if you kill them enough times, they run out of healing and then die. <laughs> mm. So Lust just dies without any like story at all. Dang. Like very like a third like a third into the story, Lust Lust beeps it and has no resonance or feeling to it whatsoever. So this is bewildering because like some really cool people were like adding me, like, oh no, you need to you need to watch Brotherhood. It's better. How come these As... people always have consistently bad opinions about things? <laughs> like, I swear to God, every time you come to a, to a Sox cast with prepared thing that you indulged in, that all of Oof. these people you talk to all the time, like, like <laughs> that was a recommendation. It always turns out to be a shit show. Why do they have such terrible taste? And then, you know what's great? After watching this, I immediately started 03, like the next day. <laughs> And then I watched the entire show. <laughs> and felt immediately Don't really that better. Don't spoil the ending of that one, it's real good. No. So, and then O3 just, like, starts pretty good, and then just gets better and better and better. Yeah, it's, it's just a constant ramp upward. It just keeps yeah. getting better. And then it ends perfectly. I haven't watched the movie. I don't really care to. Yeah, Shambhala's not really yeah. uh, necessary, I don't think. I don't think so either. I don't, even, the I don't even think me and Rhett watched it together. I think I just bought it on oh, yeah. DVD. I don't remember you watching it. And I watched it once and was like, well, that's a thing I'll probably never watch again. Yeah. So, But again, I still feel it's far less offensive than Brotherhood. No, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because so, the wildest yeah. one thing I want to mention is that there's a Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood movie that's just like a spinoff thing that's not really canon. And it's just, like, a fun 90-minute adventure. And, you know, they meet a new girl voiced by Maya Sakamoto. Like, it's a, just a very typical shonen. It's a very shonen movie like, kind of thing. But put next to the other Conqueror of Shambhala, it's such a weird distance between them. Because Shambhala is at least trying to be art, I think. Mm -hmm. And this is just the most generic, like cash-in kind of thing yeah like yeah. like just, fucking there's such perfect examples of how far those two series diverged yeah 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 it's like, man they don't they're not even recognizable as the same series at this point because mm -hmm. shambhala's got uh, a real muted color scheme and stuff and a very very good soundtrack and... yeah it makes sense for the setting yeah um <laughs> yeah that's another thing is that when oh three like brotherhood has these allusions to nazis and shit and genocide and whatnot and then O three is a lot more explicit about where <laughs> yeah. it goes with those comparisons. 
Um, so yeah, I'm not going to spoil it three. It, it's amazing. It made me cry a bunch. The homunculi are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, ba- basically, I'm kind of mad that I sort of poisoned my rewatch a little bit because I was constantly comparing it to this mediocre comic. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I just completely don't get it at all. I watched the... I watched the whole. I read the whole manga, and then I watched the whole thing back to back. And I'm no closer to understanding these people that are really okay. cool and smart at all in my brain. You, you want to know what it They're is? They're aliens to me. I'm sorry. Okay, here's my theory. People really like shonen, like Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto. Yeah, like those. Mm-hmm. So those have the followings Bleach. they do for a reason. Yeah. <sighs> like in Full Metal, the original is just way closer to that. Yeah, but I with guess. Ma- with maybe a little more thought than some of those, like, especially Dragon Ball at this point, it's just like, mm, this is the dumbest shit ever, huh? Yeah. That's the thing, is that the only explanations I can come up in my head make me sound really patronizing. Like, yeah. oh, well, it has it has a neat and tidy conclusion instead of something kind of yeah. emotionally complex. But it, so I, if I try to understand it, it just makes it sound like I'm calling people idiots. You want to like know, know a show <laughs> that hits the best of both worlds without... Oh, I, yeah. Without, I think I know what you're going to say. Without being, leaning one side or the other too far, Soul yeah. Eater. I knew it. I knew, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Fuck, I, I love Soul Eater. Go watch Soul Eater. I'm going to rewatch it I, here I, soon. So I came out, I came off of Brotherhood like, God, I miss Soul Eater. Yeah. Because like, that's good, fun, dumb shonen. And when it hits that mid-season finale point and whatnot, it's actually like... Yeah, like when, it, when it needs to crank up the emotion, it does so like... In very tasteful ways, but it's careful not to throw itself into, like, the mm-hmm. dregs of feeling terrible. Yeah. God, it's yeah. good. And then it ends with a punch that's actually, like, good. Yes! <laughs> but again, for some reason, people hate the anime ending in that one, too. Yeah, that's another I one. I think there's also this purity of, like, oh, if it, if it differs from the manga, then it's automatic. Yeah, then bad. it's automatic like, garbage. Even if it's going in the same direction as, like, Brotherhood does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that just kind of always seems to be kind of the, I guess I would say, movie. like, elitist kind of mindset people get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the I, only thing that makes it a little more complicated for me um, was that I went into the comic. Uh, what What's really cool about the comic is that Fullmetal Alchemist, the comic, is, like, one of the most famous, like, shonen series, and it's written by a woman, yeah. um, um, Arakawa. Yeah. And then the O3 show is written and directed by two dudes Mm -hmm. so like kind of i felt a little weird like going in basically saying like oh when these two dudes like got access to this start of this woman's vision i don't even think it's that it's just when you look at when you look at full metal alchemist and what it is and started mm -hmm. as a manga running in weekly shonen jump and shit they have to write a they have to write that a particular way they can't get too like they can't get too brain meat thinky with it yeah Whereas the anime was able to get away yeah, with Yeah, like, it. the anime was able to get away... Like, that's not to say that the original mangaka couldn't have tackled those themes or wouldn't be able to. It's just she likely probably not going to have the chance mm-hmm. to do that writing mm-hmm. for the magazine that she was writing for. That's a, that's a good take, yeah. I also think it's, like, it shows the power of collaboration, I think, where she wrote the blueprint, basically, and, like, you were talking about how the early anime episodes add so much little so many little scenes to these chapters to really flesh them out i think mm-hmm. you know th- and then some episodes are just you know entirely made up whole cloth like yeah. i yeah. think the the original barry the chopper one mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite ones where because it shows Ed is so vulnerable and stuff. And then they tie oh, it into scary. stuff that happens later where he shows up as a suit of armor. Yep. Whereas the suit of armor one just shows up out of nowhere in the manga. Yeah. This is sort of like my experience with a lot of manga is that it sort of feels like I'll read the manga and it's like, oh, that was like reading the rough draft of the show I really like. Like, or that's more often than not what it seems yeah. like to me. Well, because um, I think I'm kind of oh. speculating here, but it also, this stuff always feels like it's made up as it's written, basically. It's made up yeah. as it's written. You have to convey a lot of information in a few pages, and it's so, you know, you don't, like, you cannot pace a manga the same way mm-hmm. that you can pace even a 26 episode. Um, yeah. television mm-hmm. show and like the schedules they deal with like week to week are yeah. insane yeah so, so like, like they're not thinking about where the story's going they're just trying to get the next chapter out yeah mm-hmm. so that's why it's sometimes rough. there might be not a lot of foreshadowing of things and such mm-hmm. like even like way back in the day i watched elfin lead and then read the manga oh like, well, that's a whole that's a whole <laughs> different that's a whole different pile of limbs there sometimes <laughs> And sometimes the manga is just a way for the author to get out their sexual kinks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I was going there. I think the only times where I've um, definitely preferred the comic, I read um, Psychono. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's longer. They like, like they, it's not the case where they had to trim it for the comic. Like the comic is beefier than the 13 episode yeah, anime. They, 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 and they, they make gotta, good use of that. And it's actually one of those rare instances where there is pacing and it's really kind of like, they, they kind of string along that story really well. Mm-hmm. Cool. God, I really love that comic. Yeah. Wow, I, the, the show's great too. I just, yeah. Like I've been thinking good. about the show a lot lately, given a few of the things I've watched. Like, <laughs> I, I still think hmm. it's good. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. I think like when me and Rhett watched it together, he called it emotion porn, or something. I've like heard that. that great, I, that's <laughs> what I heard the other day. Was I, I read a review that like gave it like a really scathing thing because of that. But I don't think I necessarily I put that in a horrible way though. Yeah, yeah, like I wasn't quite sure about like I just remember I like, thinking like oh okay I wasted our time picking this to watch. Uh- Oh, I'm sorry you felt that way because I've been thinking about it a lot because it has you know like the bleakest ending of all time. Oh yeah, it's pretty big. I've, I've watched some other shows lately that are getting real close up there to the new bleakest of all time. Is that a transition? <laughs> did you just did you uh, did you just no. subtly segui on your own? No, nah, John can keep going if they want. I, I think um I think that's about it. Like, but like we talked a lot about stuff you know Psycho, but also like Shinsekai Ori, like shows that are really. Yeah, going for like the art, the brain meets. Yeah, um, I think I think the original Full Metal Alchemist is a really great example of something that is widely accessible because it was because people loved it in droves. It yes. was really popular. Yeah, before before anyone knew about the comic over here, before anyone knew before there was a remake series, people loved the story of Full Metal Alchemist a lot. I mean, uh, it was so popular they animated it again. Like yeah. that yeah. kind of never happened. Yeah, that's very very rare. Yeah. So it managed to be like a really thinky, brain meaty show that was also ex- an extremely good action show. Like the action that there's less action in 03, but it's all better than the action in Brotherhood. Um, maybe that's because I read it in a comic and yeah. it's lovingly animated. They really kind of went all out in mm. the Brotherhood. Like, yeah. you know, Br- Bradley fights a tank and stuff. <laughs> I believe it. Um, I- I'm comfy judging brotherhood based on the comic because the whole selling point of brotherhood is that it's just the comic <laughs> yeah. um 
So, yeah, but Full Metal Alchemist, like, Shinsei Kayori was sort of, like, when we talked about that, like, oh, this is just sort of highest purpose of art is just, like, digging deep into our souls and making us think really hard about hard shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, but Full Metal Alchemist is a different thing where it takes that kind of essence and then puts it into something that's way more accessible and yeah. way more just viscerally fun. Um, and I think that is just as admirable. Yeah. Not not a lot of fun stuff about Shinsakayori. No, <laughs> not a lot of fun having there. Because I think it's maybe harder to pack that much meat into something that's still that that. that fun shonen-y accessible yeah and yeah. so i really respect that about full metal yeah. fma fma and and soul eater are like the two that i go to and that's kind cool. of it yeah i was about to say a few minutes ago that like like full metal alchemist brotherhood is a shonen but it's my favorite oh wait soul leader yeah <laughs> yeah i'd probably rather watch dragon ball z at this point if i if i tried to or one of the remake shows just i don't know um, <laughs> I, as in like what I want to try at some point, but yeah, Soul Eater I definitely preferred. Um, so Rhett, Segui, mm, Segui, I've been watching a lot of anime. Okay, hell yeah, and it's been a while since we recorded one of these episodes. Really? How has, it, has, it, has it really been that long? <laughs> well, it's been like two months since Game of the Year, so if you go back even further to a let you know, kind of a round table of what we've been up to. Oh, it's yeah. been a while. Yeah, just a little bit. So I just wanted to quick, quickly You got to make them want to miss you. You got to make them miss you. <laughs> Leave them wanting more. <laughs> Leave them wanting more. I wanted to quickly mention a few of the extra things I've been up to. Uh, so in Anime Land, tell me if you've heard this one before. It's Earth. It's in the future, kind of. So it's, it's Earth, but it's not quite Earth. I'm already confused. And... <laughs> There's this race of rock people who have names the like... Land of the uh, Lustrous! Sorry, go ahead. God damn it, John. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to spoil it. I just, I just, I messed up because I'm so excited about the show. I haven't watched it yet. John right, is way sorry, too guys. excitable. Okay, it's a series about these rock people who are not from space, but they they live on Earth. <laughs> and, like, they're kind of gender neutral, but they're all very obviously kind of femmy in uh-huh. nature. And then they fight against invaders from the sky <laughs> and, and you want to fuck they, them all and they can be shattered and repaired and it's it's like they took the plot synopsis of steven universe and made an anime out of yeah, it yeah i was about to say quite literally it sounds it's like they took the, the plot synopsis of steven universe and then added a lot more limb shattering yeah they literally is shatter there, a lot <laughs> is there a is there a lot of that like because i've seen fan art and it is it appeals oh is boy there, oh boy. it's it looks pretty good Sorry, continue. I'm not sure there's an episode that goes by where somebody doesn't, like, have their arm broken off or something. Yes. <laughs> and then... God, I'm so here for this. One of the main characters is a doctor who has to, like, glue their limbs together. And, like, they collect <clears throat> shards when they break. <clears throat> there's one fight scene towards the end where the character, like, loses all four <laughs> limbs in the process. So she's just running on stumps at the end. There you go. That's a good way to, then... good way to get away. <laughs> So this is an anime, and it's CG animated, and it's really pretty, and it's really good, but it's also based on a manga. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. It ends after 13 episodes, and there's kind of no conclusion no resolution. at all. Great! So I, was just, ah. I was just like, oh, mm, nothing really happened, but it's a cool little uh, 
okay. look into this unique world. And, like, I kind of hate CG in anime usually. Yeah, I was about to ask, how's the CG? This one looks really good because they did, like, extensive storyboarding and stuff. Like, they really nailed the look of it. Like, having it feel a little alien because of the character's nature. Mm-hmm. And then they do some really cool stuff with the action scenes about that. Where they can have, like, the camera, like you know, orbiting around the action. You can shatter things real well in CG that you couldn't with animation. Things can break in 3D and shatter and glass shards go everywhere. All right, cool. So It's a cool show. I would recommend it. But yeah, the ending left me pretty cold, which was unfortunate because it's really good up until then. Mm -hmm. I'll keep that in mind. If I want to, so until then, if I want to see hot people get broken apart, then that's where I can go. Sure. I didn't expect this to be a weird fetish thing with John. I never ever considered Dog, that. Let me tell you so. something. Let me tell you something about John Thayer, okay? <laughs> for the last two and a half years, everything has been a fetish for our lovely little John Thayer, okay? It was it was before that. I just was better keeping it under wraps. Yeah. Mm. Like once that boyfriend to death episode happened oh, and we heard yeah. you and we actually heard your heart on I think I think that's when everybody realized. We actually heard the blood rushing through it. Oh my! I can't fucking believe someone made Guru Steven Universe. All right, whatever. That's how I heard it described on like the first episode aired, and I was like, oh. It's way more innocent than you're thinking about it. Of course, I'm sure it is. I'm sure you would you would think so. All right. Moving on real quickly, a show I wasn't going to talk about, but because it's this show is completely unrecommendable, uh, Devilman Cry Baby. Oh, I'm so here for this too. This, this show is so dark and so depressing and so nihilistic that like I can't, in good conscience, recommend it to anybody because there is such an extremely high barrier of. Hey, can you handle a ton of nudity? Hey, can you handle a ton of violence? Hey, can you handle both of those at the same time in increasingly uncomfortable combinations? Is John Thayer because I was like, well, this show is completely fucked up beyond repair, but John will love it. Yeah, I was thinking that. Like, I remembered, like, like when I heard that Devilman was getting a new anime or something i was like i remember that being one of those vhs's you bought back in the day because it had anime titties on it and you couldn't get much else so you bought those anime titties and Devilman wasn't that good mm-hmm. so this is a devil man has never the manga has never had a full adaptation into anime before now no. so that's pretty cool that they finally got to the ending which is like the thing people remember about that series Mm-hmm. And also, there's also they have this one manga. There's some manga panels where one of the characters looks really silly, and they share those a lot on Tumblr. I mean, the art style, of the original, it's like from the '70s, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. is is pretty goofy looking at it now, but I'll give it that. Like, I can forgive that. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, another show I watched. This is a couple of years ago. I don't know why it took me so long to watch this. It's called Sakura Trick. Oh, I know this one. I and remember, it's a show about two girls kissing. I remember Andrea liking this show and then vehemently disliking it. What? I guess because they weren't for real lesbians, so it's gay baiting. Mm, I 
not sure about that. I mean, maybe you could definitely say this is a straight guy gaze. Like that's show. what it always struck me as, and I've only seen yeah. one episode. So, you, so you watched one episode. I watched one episode and I thought, wow, this is really pandering toward the male gaze, huh? Aww. I really, really like the show. <laughs> you're complete trash. You're complete trash, but you're our complete trash. Yeah, I was just like, oh, okay, this is my thing. <laughs> this is my Who would have thought here. Rat Sting would be girls kissing? Huh? Weird. It's like... I see this show as, like, your kind of basic run-of-the-mill slice-of-life comedy show that cuts mm-hmm. the bullshit out and just has the girls be gay and kiss each other. Yeah, lives. like, at least you are getting something here, I guess? Question mark? It cuts out the bullshit. It cuts, out, like... the, it cuts out the will-they-or-won't-they that yeah, you're waiting they, for they, the entire time. It's like, oh, no, yeah, dog, they will. They will in episode one, which is maybe yep. a bit fast, but... That sounds a lot like another show that I watched specifically because Andrea really didn't like it. Rhett's just like, <laughs> slow down, baby. Come on. We've only been here 22 minutes. Please, give me some time to... <laughs> At least wait till the 36-minute mark, okay, baby? I mean, Come on. But the reason I actually wanted to bring this up is because there's a scene towards the end that really struck me in an odd way. Mm-hmm. So every episode of the show is like, the same setup where it's a slice of life thing and then there's a couple minutes of kissing at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very repetitive and kind of predictable that way. It's so you know when to schedule your boner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like two episodes from the end, they're doing their kissy stuff and they back off and they turn around and one of their sisters was standing there watching. Oh no! Oh. It's just like, what the fuck were you two just doing? And then... It kind of becomes a drama real briefly where she's like, you're never going to talk to that girl again. Like, I am fucking cutting you two off for good. Uh, what? And, How does a sister gets... get to make this choice for someone? Because parents don't exist in anime, I think, is the thing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It just felt, like, really odd to have this sudden moment of extreme vulnerability in what had been such a cute and happy show. That doesn't even sound like vulnerability. That just sounds like crass cruelty. Mm-hmm. I don't... Uh, I'm, it's hard to put into words. It's like... Like, vulnerable's not the word I would use for that. I don't think that that's really showing anybody being vulnerable. I think that's just showing someone is a cunt. And no, the... I think... I mean, like, homosexuality in general, though, where it's mm. like... Well, okay, I, get, I, I, I can see it from... To them, and this is kind of a representation of that. It's like, oh, like, if everyone knew what was going on, they'd think we're weird and stuff. Right. Yeah. But then it goes in a kind of dumb direction after that. But I don't know. The scene really hit me as powerful. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That counts. Weird. No, that's okay. No, right. You can like the things you want to like. I'm just going to yeah. make fun of you for it. <laughs> oh, okay. Did you get around to the other Did you get around to the other show where the girls kiss in the first episode? Uh, Citrus No. Ah, okay. Okay. Another day. Okay, Another the, podcast. The last show I want to talk about is called Girls Last Tour. Mhm. Girls right. Last Whore. All right. Shut up. You <laughs> 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 can't try with that one. <laughs> Rhett, when do I ever try? 
You try real hard with your damn punts because you are so proud of them. Hashtag low effort. That one was still pretty good. Yeah, it was. <laughs> See, I hear you laughing at your own puns right now. Right now, you can hear her laughing. I do. You're not wrong. <laughs> Okay, we'll just cut that last minute out. Uh, girls' last tour. <laughs> girls' We're last in the, tour. In the rigorous editing process. <laughs> yeah, I'm making the editing process real hard now. I, uh, this is a slice of life into about two girls in the end of the world. Kissing. No, there's no kissing. Okay. It is. I guess I kind of didn't think about how to talk about this show. It is. It is simultaneously very cute and the most depressing show I've ever watched. <laughs> mm. Because excellent, it's just them, and the further you get into the show, the more you realize Earth is completely fucking done at this point. It's kind of a Psychono setup, only with less yeah. people. To me, it's almost like if two characters survived the end of Psychono and then were just wandering the world afterwards. This would be Ooh. it. And had no idea what had happened. This is that show. Because they're just like, you know, they don't know what happened. This is just the wor the only world they all have ever known because they're pretty young. Yeah. But, like, there's no animals. There's no wildlife at all. There's barely weather. There's just endless gray cities with nothing in them. Mm. And it's so weird that the show can also manage to be pretty cute because of the character interactions but then a lot of the times the episodes will have like a main theme that they're reflecting on. Like, hey, there's an episode about religion in the afterlife or an, an episode where they visit a mass grave and they're like, oh, here are the things people left behind to be remembered. But now we're the only ones left here to remember them. Oh, boy, this kind of sucks, huh? Yeah. <sighs> and it's just like, who's going to remember us after we're like they they don't shy away from the fact that they're talking about death themselves well yeah it's kind of hard to yeah you know when you're the only two people alive because early on they find a camera like an old digital camera that has like eighty thousand pictures left or some ridiculously high number on it and then one of them's like well how many rations do we have left and they're like oh 30 days worth oh we won't use eighty thousand pictures by then with like the implication that oh we're gonna die in 30 yeah. days when yeah. we're out of food <laughs> like oh <sighs> So this is, I will say, this show is based on a currently running manga. Uh-huh. So. No ending. <clears throat> they do a very good job of having a climactic moment in the last episode. Like, the last episode is kind of amazing and made me cry a whole bunch. Uh-huh. Common theme like, of this episode is everybody yeah. crying over everything. <laughs> <clears throat> like, they do a good job having a climax, even though it's not actually the end of the story. Hopefully they have mm -hmm. a second season at some point. It's also weird where it's like... The show is trying to be uplifting, I think, about, you know, ruminate... Reminiscing... I don't know the word I'm trying to use. Ruminations on the nature of life and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's it's trying to be uplifting, but it's like, I don't see any other way for the story to end. Yeah, like, these two chicks are dead at the end, okay? Cause, but they're being so upfront about that, where it's like... Earth is done. Like, yeah, like, we know we are dead. We are not a society. <laughs> there is no coming back from this, what has happened. 
for not just for humans, but for anything. Yeah. Like, it's so dark like that. And it's weird that people kind of lump this in as like, oh, it's a cute slice of life show. It's like, no, it's not. Nah, like, 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 you could call Sora Nooto. Um, or, yeah. Or, that could be called slice of life. This is more slice mm -hmm. of death. <laughs> That's a Ooh. good way of Slice of impending death. Because I saw this this one Crunchyroll Award, Best Slice of Life, and I'm like, hmm, that's a weird genre for this. That's a weird, yeah, yeah. Like, Sora no Woto, like, even though there are dark implications, yeah. like, at no point do you really believe any of those characters are going to die. Even though they kind of hint in that show that, like... Yeah. The wasteland is expanding, and eventually they're going to yeah. die. But and yeah, it's so it's a very distant thing. This is like the sequel to Sora this no is, Woto. I so I was kind of thinking that though. How at the end of that show in Sora no Woto, they were like, "Let's tour the world in this hot air balloon," and then this show is them touring the world in like this little tank. And it's like, oh, it's kind of the spiritual successor I wanted all these years. Mm. <laughs> so that's nice. So it's kind of a mix of Sora no Woto and like Kino's Journey, except yeah, it's uh, with, Kino's Journey. Without yeah. cities, because there's nothing left. Yeah. It's just it's just one huge fucking megaplex city, where it's like literally cities stacked on top of cities. Right. Like they have these huge columns that just have more cities on top of them. It's, it's like the Big Mac of cities. Yeah. And it's like, it's such a cold and desolate art style on purpose. Where like, a lot of post-apocalyptic stuff is usually about, like, nature retaking human stuff. Yeah, constantly. Mm -hmm. And this isn't that, because nature's gone as well. Yeah. So it's just, Oof. it's just emptiness. Just and, like, the they go empty stillness that, it's kind of like me inside, where it's all dead <laughs> and stuff. God. And, like, these interiors of these buildings, and there's a lot of, like, just empty factories, and some of them are still kind of grinding on doing whatever they do. So, like, that's the only thing left is, like, some robots just doing what they do automatically. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, these interiors are all, like, so intentionally sparse where there's not even, like, objects. Like, there's barely any left remains of humans in this world left. It's just skyscrapers and factories. It's Woof. so weird. <laughs> yeah, that sounds harder to deal with than, like, the Last of Us Nier Automata thing with the but, nature retaking. But in somehow they make it because it has such a cute main cast of these two girls, like it adds some bit of levity where it's like uh -huh. completely fucking bleak and heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, they almost have like the Hitamari white face thing going on, right? Oh, they, they oh yeah. It's absolutely like, Hitamari white they, face. They kind of yeah. go further than that. They're like they'll grab each other's cheeks and like literally scr scrunch each other out, like Good a pancake Lord. or something. And like your face will sag down. <laughs> Like, it's very cute, and then, like, the opening is super uplifting, and they do a dab in it, which everybody loves. Oh, <laughs> man. I just... I'm never itself. watching this show now. Oh. Fuck this garbage. I want you guys to give it a chance. I want to give it a chance, yeah. Like, it's oh. not amazing, but it is a slow burn of a bad time, basically. Put that on the back of the box. Okay. A slow so burn of a bad time. That's what I've been up to for anime. Cool. This opening is very cute. Oh, man. I'm dying. All right. Well, we all are. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> but everybody in that show is way more dead than us. Yeah. And yeah, that's something to be said for that. Especially the two girls. Oh, yeah. They're going to die at the end. 
Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to close this now. All right. Polly! Yo. What have you been up to? Well, I was going to talk about all the anime that I watched, but y'all done <laughs> took it up. Shit. Polly actually also watched Devilman Crybaby. Man, it's kind of funny. We were doing the whole joke at the start about this being the gamers podcast, and then it's oh. literally the first hour is anime. <laughs> Shit, now oh, I feel excellent. left out. I didn't oh. watch any anime. On to you, John. <laughs> well, did you play a game video? I did. I probably played a video game. First of all, first, first, I'm going to do a quick one since Rhett slipped in like 8,000 things there. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. What what is what is everybody I'm talking to you out there in listener land? What is you what's wrong with y'all? Doom 2016 sucks. Oh. That game's bad. How did that get so many votes for game of the year in 2016? Oh, you're calling people out personally now, huh? Yeah, I am. You're, you're I not am. just calling out gamer culture at large. You're calling out our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> All two of them. I played I played the first three stages and I was like oh, four, I four played, stages I think and then I was like that was fun and I then played didn't about pick it back up again I played three fourths of it and then oh I, wow I wasn't enjoying oh. myself that much at all because were, it's were... very fucking it's very fucking boring like okay. how do you take a concept like Doom and make it boring by making make it... It, by making every fucking level here's a room you walk into. Oh no, the doors are locked. Uh-oh, here's the monsters. Oh wait, you killed all the monsters and the door is unlocked. Go down this hallway. You're in a new room. Uh-oh, the door's locked. <laughs> it just does this ad nauseum over and over and over again. And then it has the audacity to ask you to do bullshitty platforming in the middle of all this. It it's felt like everything should have just been like half as long. And then, <laughs> and then, the coup de grace, the reason I did not finish playing this game is because I apparently ended up with a bug on the PS4 version that can only, that's only been exhibited on the PC version that rendered my save file useless. <laughs> wow. I, like, I load up the save. There isn't a save icon anymore. It's just a blue like banner where the picture you know they usually put a screenshot to show you where you're at with all the data below it you know how they do there's no picture there it's just a blue square i load it up and i'm just in a big uh square room with a lot of fog you can't really see anything and you can walk around this cube and like uh, all of my fucking upgrades are gone um I I still retained the weapons that I found, but all of the upgrade points that I spent are gone. Um, and it's called like, and I guess it's like the the uh, main chapter title glitch or something. Because like anytime I load it up, it just says main chapter title where it, the the chapter title would go. It just says main chapter title, and then dramatically loads me into my box where I can never leave. <laughs> I've reloaded the checkpoint. I've tried to reload previous chapters. Nothing works. And the time that I did get, and the time that I did get a previous chapter to load, none of the scripting worked that would allow doors to open. Because you got locked in rooms for forever. Yeah. So. Jeez. So along with it just not being a very enjoyable game, I got a game-breaking bug, and I'm just like, I'm not gonna uh. play it anymore. So then I just played through Doom One and Two again on oh, PC. Hell yeah. And like, oh wait, like Doom is good, uh, j just when it's not made in 2016. 
Mm. Yeah. So I wish was... that I wish that they ditched um when I was playing it I was like if they got rid of like a lot all these extra systems kind of it that, would feel Yes. All of the bullshit like... they added feels like it's just like this is a Doom game that's just holding itself back because that's what games do now. Everything's got to have levels and put points in the shit. And it's just like, it just feels bad. I have a rocket launcher and I shoot five rockets at a guy and he doesn't die. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. That's not how Doom I wish works. that they just like get, give you the weapons and then you have the weapons. Yeah. Like, because then if you have that, then it almost works. Like, if I could turn off the eight... Like, I, ta I heard someone say, like, turn off the heads-up display in Doom, and it's, like, this religious experience, and uh, you can't do that. You need... There's so much info you need yeah. to keep track of with your systems that you need that... Uh, At all fucking times. That and, like, the whole glory kill thing gets real old real fast. Yeah. And the thing is, you have to do it because enemies in that game hit so fucking hard that the only way you're staying alive against enemies that use hit-scan weapons is you have to keep doing the dumb melee attacks that get boring as fuck after the first hour. Mm. So there's like this constant start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, to not only how the levels are constructed, but each combat experience in and of itself is start, stop, start, stop, start. Like, it never <laughs> hits the ground running. It's so long, it was what put me off. Like, I, I got, I played it for what felt like, I could only play like one level at a time because mm -hmm. it was so intense. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely... Like, the, the starting three chapters are, like, kind of... Like, chapter one is great. Chapter two mm -hmm. starts getting eh. Chapter three, I was just kind of like, okay, I see what we're doing now. Yeah, it makes such a strong first impression. It was yeah. weird to have that dribble away so quickly. And then when I found out the number... I found out the number of chapters, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to play this that long. Yeah. Yeah, I got through three-fourths of those, and somebody told me that the game rhythm never really changes up. And I was just like, well, okay then, we're done here. I'll just go play the good Doom games. That includes Doom 3, which is better than Doom 2016. <laughs> so, it, yeah, the Doom 3 doesn't fall into that as much, right? Like it's No, Doom 3 has, like, you, you got a weapon? Yo, go use it. Go blow some shit up. Cool. I kind of want it's, yeah, and it's got, that. And it's got creepy ambiance that like mm -hmm. like say what you will but like older doom games do have those moments of suspense and creepiness and doom 3 is a logical extension of that absolutely um, and doom like one is scary doom but 2016 you have to hold a flashlight doom 2016 has no fucking tension whatsoever it just feels like it was on all the time like i i did the recommended brightness that yeah. they had set up mm -hmm. and then it was too dark I couldn't see anything though, and it was just that for the whole game, and I was like, 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 like that's not, "This isn't creepy. This is just annoying because it's just yeah. combat scenarios mm -hmm. over and over. Like that's not creepy. Just be just making a thing dark doesn't make it automatically creepy." Doom Three has more like scripted beats. Like, yeah, it's got a lot of scripted things and monster and, and, closets. Yeah, it's yeah. got monster closets, things like that. Like, it's definitely... Like, I definitely understand why people don't like that game when compared to Doom 1 and 2, but I don't understand people that like Doom 1 and 2 and say that Doom 2016 is like, duh, we brought it back! It's like, no, no. I feel that. The level design isn't good. The combat situations, they're not as fun because you always know what you need to do and you always know where you need to be. It's just kind of... Whatever.
I don't want to play Doom game. 3. That game's bad. I want to play Doom 1, I want to play Wolfenstein 3D, and I want to play Doom 3. Wolf 3D. I mean, I Wolf 3D. I played that on a stream uh, about a year ago. Yeah. Well, that was that was a good time. That was, that was yeah. one of my more fun streams that I did. I played, I think, the first two episodes. I think, uh, and that was good yeah. stuff. Um, secrets and secrets and old id games are very fun too. Yeah, and like I didn't realize just like how well they telegraph a lot of the secrets until I, until this recent playthrough where I was actively kind of just seeing what I how much I could find on each map, mm -hmm. and it was just like. Oh, that's so clever! Like floor trigger, I like run across this floor trigger, and then a door opens up. And if I'm fast enough to get back to it, that's how I get that armor. Okay, that's cool. And you start yeah, seeing you see all the, the yeah the moving parts of a Doom level, and when you see how they all kind of work, it's really fascinating. I'm making Did you do a, some dev, dev stuff. I'm making a Doom level myself, but it's gonna be bad because it's not really <laughs> paced or structured in any way. It's just death kind of, hallway. It's just, it's just kind of, a bunch of enemies in a hallway. It's Doom 2016. Doom 2016. I, I thought about having a room like that that just locks behind you when you enter. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, yeah, I looked at that. I looked at that video, and it was really cool. Yeah, I, I'm gonna just, I, you know, I'm gonna finish making a Doom level just to say it's a thing that I did. Just, to say, just, yeah. to, just to kind of appreciate this thing that I love and have loved for years, just a bit more. And then we're oh, gonna yeah. make PSO in Doom. And then we're gonna make PSO in Doom. But I'm just gonna, I'm just like I said, I'm putting, I'm putting Caves One in my map. So I was just thinking about the way those like caves mines and ruins are constructed like they're very they're very angular. yeah yeah 90 degree turns and stuff it's like you could so make this so easily in doom and yeah. stuff like even for yeah. even forest would be very easy to do badass but anyway that's my doom rant the other one i'm not gonna take so long on is because this is one that we've talked about extensively uh it, it was brought up quite a few times last year on the game of the year podcast mm -hmm. um I played through f motherfucking Hollow Knight. Oh, you got to talk about this a little more than. Well, I, I'm going to talk about it more okay. than just saying, okay, okay. "Hey, I played that." Um, holy crap! Has <clears throat> I, I, my entire like I've never. It's been a long time since I have played a game where my entire vision of an entire quote unquote genre. <laughs> completely got fucking changed <laughs> like you know like i'm not going to use that dumb term people use to call <laughs> these kinds of games the one, the one i use like 10 times on game of the year <laughs> you 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 used like oh my god you said like the, what was the dumb phrase I, you said you said this is like dark, dark souls, souls metroid thing okay now <laughs> for the audience here explain to me how is hollow knight like dark souls uh, I think, like, like, maybe in terms of the world that it's building, but, like, that, but world building is not a thing that is just completely exclusive to Dark Souls. I know, but the world... The world at large likes to, like, even though I think that fucking Hollow Knight hits way better notes and hits them with a lot more gusto than Dark Souls 2 or 3 do... And mm -hmm. I think that it like even and I think that even if it wasn't trying to, I think that it understands what makes a good Souls game. Uh, I don't think that like I, I can't think of anything that Hollow Knights does that is just intrinsically uh, Dark Souls, though. Yeah, that's fair. 
No more than, especially no more just, than like Momodora, right? Oh no way! I know why. It's hard. <laughs> Hollow Knight starts super easy though. Like it is not the same in that regard. Man, like I'm, I'm not trying something... to call anybody out, but I remember somebody saying that they couldn't get past the first Hornet fight, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I just think you play Hollow Knight and you go, "Oh, these guys probably played Dark Souls." There's just something about the texture of that world that. Well, I think that's because it's a dead, dying world. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. And I think that Dark Souls' world leaves such an... Imp like, I know that it left an impression on me, and I know that, like, there are notes that Hollow Knight hits that are Dark Souls-like to me, but I don't, like... I'm there's, not there's, there's also an area called the Abyss. Yes. There is I, I just think there's a lot of homage there, even if it's not, like, note-for-note -note copying. There's even a little shout-out to Hungry Knight... <laughs> In there. I see that. Yeah, That's funny. like the funny thing, uh, one of the funny criticisms levied against this game that I've seen not just from Giant Bomb's shitty Game of the Year deliberations, but just overall uh -huh. is that Hollow Knight looks like a 2003 Flash game. It's like, it was. Like, that's not a compliment. I don't understand it. Hollow Knight is so freaking gorgeous. And then the funny thing is, Hollow Knight, the, the design for Hollow Knight actually started as uh, a Ludum Dar game. Uh, called Hungry Knight. Fuck yeah. Where he has to go around and kill enemies because he'll die in 10 seconds if he doesn't eat. And you have to kill three bosses while keeping, you know, like while killing other enemies and shit. So it's like, that, mm. that was the whole game jam thing was 10 seconds. So the mm. knight will die in 10 seconds. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, that was, so that's yeah. where... Yeah, um, that's... And then like, Mr. Mushroom, I don't know if you ever met Mr. Mushroom. Oh. I Hollow did. Knight. He has a secret ending. I never bothered to do that, though. Yeah, Mr. Mushroom actually mentioned... He's like, hey, so are you still hungry, little friend? Or did oh, you... that's why that... Oh, my God. I do remember that. Yeah. Line. Yeah, he says he asks you if, you if you're still hungry. And I thought that was really good. Also, the, like, a lot of the bug designs in Hollow Knight are very cute. So to, yeah. Which kind of contrast... Like, I love... like. The, how is like the how is the knight himself not just fucking iconic because it's the most adorable design ever? I want it's a plushie really of the knight. Really good simple design. I think they sell plushies or something. Like mm -hmm. it's really good simple design and just like man, what an like like what an incredible just sense of place that you get from just exploring this fucking vast world <laughs> this is a game that every time i kept playing i was just like how's it still getting bigger this is a 20 dollar game no it's, it's 15 $50. this is a 15 dollar <laughs> game and it has more content than 60 dollar games i swear to god because the world just keeps getting bigger and bigger i was 25 hours in and still getting to new areas that I'd never seen before. Like, what the fuck? 2003 Flash wild. game up your fucking ass, Dan Reichert. <laughs> <laughs> also, didn't um, yeah, like moment, like Momodoro, like was a big one that we talked about last year, and that was like a three-hour, three or four-hour things to just yeah explore absolutely everything yeah it's like a real like momodora is a small cozy little game that i felt yeah like used every screen of its map perfectly and then yeah. i played hollow knight and i'm like 
holy shit, they made a 25-hour game that utilizes every screen of its map properly. And nothing feels wasted. There wasn't a moment. There's not like this lull at any point that I was playing Hollow Knight where I felt like I was wasting my time or like, oh, I got to trudge back through this again. Like, I never felt that way because like movement, movement through these areas feels really organic. And, I, and it should because it's a very organic, granular world. Um, it's just fucking shit like <laughs> the combat it's so simple and so good but it's got so many little itty bitty layers of ways that you can customize yourself with uh with with uh, the charms and shit like your mm. charm build can be real like i was uh talking to ghosty via dms uh, and we were talking about just various charm setups that we did, and we were just, like, kind of surprising each other. Well, this is what I found. If you equip this, this, and this, you turn into a fucking snail when you charge your, uh, <laughs> you know, like, when you focus. I was like, what the fuck? That's cool as shit. My God, like, I, fi I don't, like, if I had played this game last year, this might have bumped near. As game wow, for me. what? This I mean, game. Even me, Fuck yeah. Which is weird because I put it as my game of the year above Nier, but... Like, it's... I'm, just... I'm so happy. I'm so happy that this landed for you. This landed in a way that I wasn't expecting. It was just so out of nowhere. I just thought, okay, I'll check in this... Because, like, I couldn't play it when I originally bought it because... Yeah. There was a weird GPU issue where whenever I would transition rooms, there was like a 75% chance the game would uh, crash. So uh, since I Steam account share with Rhett, I tried it on his account, uh, you know, back in uh, January. And it was just like, oh, let's see if they fixed that. I heard that they had patched a lot of stuff since then, and then it worked. Yeah. And then I ended up, that's all I did for like an entire week. <laughs> and then and then I didn't stop thinking about it for the week after and now I'm going to like do the like Steel Soul speedrun achievement. Fuck yeah. <laughs> like that game is wow. Like and you got the true ending. And I got the true ending. I did it on my own. No cool. guides. I just scoured that world as thoroughly as I could and found the things that I needed to and it was just like aha. Oh, that's the good shit. There was one part that I thought was a little cryptic that I was going to tell you, and you're like, oh, yeah, I already did that. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Man, like, that game... Like, there's there was a part where I thought that game was going to become a slog. There, because You get a new item, and it's just like, oh, well, you need to do this and then bring it back to me. And I thought, oh, mm -hmm. no, this is going to Oh, I be, hated that part. <laughs> this is going to be a slog. Uh, wait, are you talking about the quest, or are you talking about like the big plot item that you're given the quest oh no the quest like i just did that but like i just did that before work one morning that was easy i mm. took so many goddamn tries yeah but you could save scum it i couldn't because they yeah, patched so that I don't shit know how you did it easier that game that game auto saves now when you get hit <laughs> so Fuckers. Yeah, they fought a lot. So, yeah, it's like I had to be very careful one morning. I think you're better me than me at this game because you did the true arena or whatever, you know, oh, the last trial is. Dude, the final quickly. arena challenge is so good. It's so hard, though. It pushes the combat to its logical extreme and then inches it just a little bit farther. 
and I was just, yeah. I was, it took me like three or four tries to do it, but man, it was so satisfying. And it's like, again, like this isn't a game that's built on combos and shit. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like, you just, you swing the nail <laughs> and that's it. But you get a lot out of that thanks to an air dash. Um, what's a couple, like, like the shadow dash that you get uh, a bit yeah. later in the game that lets you sneak through an attack. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could pr- pretty much put a combo multiplier in that part because there's one yeah. part where they have you have to stay in the air for like a minute yeah. because the ground is spikes and you're just bouncing on enemies down, oh striking them, hitting was, the walls. I was grinning ear to fucking ear like that at that point in the arena where you literally can't touch the ground because it spikes <laughs> and you have to just bounce, bounce, mm. bounce, bounce. It's so good. It's oh, so crazy God. how, like, the first hour of that game is really kind of slow and obviously, like, yeah. setting a mood piece. And, like, the combat is super simple where you can just stand in front of enemies and hit them and they, you know, bounce back a bit so you can just keep hitting them. Mm-hmm. That versus, like, the true final boss in the the final trial. Oh, my God. Like, man, yeah. they, they go as far as they possibly can with the combat by the end. Yeah. Like, they get very they get it's, very good use out of there. It's not a difficulty curve. It's a difficulty mountain. Woof. <laughs> Like, but it's one that you scale yeah, like it's evenly. Very, yeah. Like I, at no well point balanced. at no point did I ever feel that game was cheating me. Um I got pissed a few times. <laughs> Fucking Mantis Lords go suck a fat one. Jesus Christ, that fight is so <laughs> overwhelming the first time you fight it. Like that's it's, I think that's the first point in the game where you really start to feel overwhelmed. But then you kind of like lock into the, what the game's trying to teach you. They're teaching you not to do that fight right then. Yeah, nah, nah. I can, I can, I can do like, that. Hey, I can, maybe, maybe, maybe you should go weapon. upgrade your nail. Nah, I'm going to do it without upgrading my nail. Kick ass. I beat the whole game once without upgrading the nail. Let me tell yeah. you, that last boss takes a fucking while. <laughs> I'd imagine so. I'd imagine so. I, I mean, I do mean the regular ending, though, not the true one. Oh, God, fuck no. I would there, there's, that... You couldn't pay me to sit down and try to attempt that final final fight with no yeah. upgrades i remember doing it with like one away from the top weapon and it still took forever yeah like that... the last huge jump oh yeah that final 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 fight they let you know it's the fucking final 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 it gets its own awesome fucking title drop too it's so good like no other boss gets introduced that way and it's so good yeah it's so fucking high and then it just proceeds to maul you in four seconds good though like yeah um so good about that game and this is the part where i'm specifically selling the game to john mm-hmm. all the enemies and all the characters in that game are bugs and it's got this Excellent. very cute and it's got this very cutesy art style and then maybe four hours in you reach an area where it's not such a cutesy art style oh my god there's there are two areas of this game that i i was fucking pl- I was stupid and playing at night and I like when I played that game I like to play it with headphones on and in a dark room that was a bad move in two uh areas of that game because man I was just so on edge and just like just shaking because it's so, like I've never played a game that did an area like that that did it this well like from spider level, it's from, a spider level. Ah, fuck yes. From Sorry. from the visual presentation 
to like just how like they use the foreground layers to make things happen that just creep you the fuck out. Like you'll just see like a bug skitter across the fucking foreground layer and it's like, God damn it. <laughs> or you'll have some spiders that come out of the foreground and then into the stage to attack you. And it's just like, oh my God, this is too much. I'm, I'm too old for this <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, that like, like, and like the sound design, just the constant chittering of little bugs moving around and it's just, oh god get me out of here i don't ever 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 it's it's bad it's so bad that the cartographer won't even fucking go in there okay the, the game's cartographer you meet him and like there are two area like, areas where you can enter that place from and the game kind of changes depending on like you know whichever way you see it. But you, when, huh. you, when you run into the uh, when you run into the mapper dude, he's just like, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll give you this map for a bargain because I ain't going in there. <laughs> and he's just like he's only drawn like the first two rooms. <clears throat> also, yes, really love the mapping and the way that it works in this game. It really does yeah. encourage exploration and it rewards you for exploring by letting you fill in the map when you take a rest. So I drew a lot of the maps on paper while I was going through yes, them the first time. Yes, I found myself Hang doing out. that too. It was really fun to do. It was a fun little exercise and kind of just like making like, I didn't have gra graph paper, but I had a yeah. pad and I was just kind of like, here's, okay, I'm in this block now. I went down one. Yeah, like I had a lot of fun doing that. Cool. That game, like, yeah, Hollow Knight, but the, potentially could have been my game of the year last year because I've, I've never had a game kind of just completely blow me away on a, on a genre like... This genre can never be the same again, ever. I mean, I want to go back and see what I said about Game of the Year, where it was my Game of the Year, and I said, like, yeah, this recontextualizes what a Metroidvania can be for... Oh, I said that word, fuck. God damn. For me. Like, I don't... Like, like, this game shows that nobody else is doing it right, because this, yeah, is, not just, yes. this is not just a big world that is blocked off until you get certain power-ups... It's a big yeah. world, like, a, a significant portion of this game is explorable without the need for extra abilities. Yeah, like, it is staggering how much of this world you can explore without getting some of the later abilities. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems like it's going down that route at the very start where you have to get, like, the wall jump and then... Or the dash and then the The, the wall dash jump. and the wall jump. But those are and your bread that, and butter. You're just, you're just good? You yeah. can go practically anywhere after that. Yep. <clears throat> it's like, like, they did it right, where I think everybody else missed the fucking point. And, and that's just why I, I'm so burnt out on it, on that genre as a whole, is because they don't get it. It's like, it's not about just having a big world that, ha that I need to get a thing that is basically just a glorified key that I'll never use again. Yeah. Like, it's about... Like making your making me want to explore your world. Like I wanted to dig into all of the little secrets in the depths of Hollow Knight's world, and I still didn't find them all. <laughs> the funny thing is, like the first thing in that game is actually a key, but you don't actually need it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Hollow Knight. I cannot recommend that game highly enough. Cool. Fifteen fucking dollars. And it's on sale right now for like ten. And like, you are a complete moron <laughs> if you haven't bought this game yet on like on this sale. Like ten dollars, like fifteen dollars is 
okay, I feel like the devs just gave me the best oral sex of my life and paid me for it. <laughs> they re- See, the, now you know why I'm so upset that this isn't on Switch yet, because it would have been a household name by yeah, now if it was like, on Switch. I think even when this hits Switch, I think it's going to be big. It's going to yeah. be fucking huge. Yeah. Like, really it deserves so. it. It deserves it. Like, this is an accomplishment in, in, in these kinds of games that no game has done for quite a long while. Like, even Just, though I love Axiom Verge, it still kind of doesn't get the point, I don't think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, it would be since Super Metroid easily. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like, I think this is the best game to get it since Super Metroid. Fuck yeah. Man, Hollow Knight's so good. <laughs> Fuck, I oh, love wait. this game to pieces. I really was worried I was overhyping it when See, I put like, it over Witcher 3, but I think I wasn't at least. That had me thinking, too. I was just like, oh, man, please don't let don't let me hate this. Don't let me hate this. I don't want to hate this. <laughs> Oh man, cool. yeah. Like this is a, the yeah. This is like shovel knight treasure trove. No, we've got hollow knight. It is a treasure <laughs> trove unto itself. And they're still doing free DLC updates. Yes, there's a a new uh, DLC that they're currently working on alongside the Switch version. New playable character. I wonder how that's going to work. I re- I guess it'll just have to be its own campaign or something. It or stuff that that character's either a prequel like my thinking is probably prequel Uh, mm -hmm. that or things that character may be doing while the knight's doing his shenanigans i don't know i don't want to spoil too much because this game's actually got a really good story too i just wonder if you'll be going through a lot of the old map oh i imagine you will i think yeah yeah it's just the way that character moves i'm really wondering if they can capture that (gasps) if you get a grappling hook Oh, man. She's a <laughs> weaver, man. You've got to have her be able to swing in some way. Oh, my God. This could be really cool. Yes! Please! Please! Deliver for us! I want this to be good. That means technically I can put Hollow Knight on this year's Game of the Year list. Hell yeah. So, yeah, that that that's, uh, that's Hollow All Knight. Right. I, we could probably move on. Alright. Um, hey, I'll play a video game. What'd you do that for? You people only watch anime now. I'm the only I one know. that fuck. I'm the only one that plays video games here. Apparently, I played a few. <laughs> I played a few video games. I played uh, an RPG that I played um, as a little kid. An RPG maker game that kind of was that isn't even on the internet now. Oh jeez. Um, and I and I talked about it a bunch with um, my friend Wuzzy on a new on a new little podcast. So I'm excited about that. You betrayed a. Wait a minute. I know. Wait a it's minute. It's called World Revolution. You're you Google cheating. That on site. You're cheating on us with another podcast. Yeah. Not all. Not only just like, oh, I'm a guest commentator. I went and started another fucking podcast <laughs> without <laughs> seeing if the Soxcast contract allowed that. It does. Plug it, please. Give us mm-hmm. a URL and give us. Uh, tell us what it's about. Oh shit. Um. It's a uh, here. Let me plug the URL at the end of the podcast, just so I can. Okay, so well, can well, stick around to the end of the podcast. John's new podcast sure. that he loves way more than the Sox cast will be there. Well, we're talking about RPG Maker games, so basically, basically. Um, so, but so, and that was kind of like a good antidote. Um, I've been playing. I've basically at the end of the last year, I got a Switch and I got Mario Odyssey and I got Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild and I played them back to back. That's kind of a haul, oh, boy. That's kind yeah. of a haul. 
it's a and I had a lot of fun. Um, so it's weird because with both, I'm, I want to talk mostly about Zelda, um, but the experience of playing Super Mario Odyssey and that Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild back to back is interesting because it feels I had draining. visceral, I had visceral fun the entire time I was playing both games, mm -hmm. and then afterwards I kind of hated video games for a little bit. Yeah, I was yeah. waiting for the shoe to drop yeah. on this. Like, what happened? That's a weird... Especially with Zelda. That's a weird fucking veering off the road. Yeah, but... So I had to, I had to like... I dropped off of Zelda, like, right near the end because I needed, without finishing it, because I needed to, like, detox. So I played, like, a bunch of RPG Maker things. I played a bunch of Michael Bro games. I, I've been playing Toho and a couple of old Final Fantasy, like... Basically, like, okay, let's remind myself that video games can be weird and good and not, like... Uniform. Very processed. Like, very built by hundreds of people and carefully, meticulously designed to be a specific thing. I don't know. Um, so, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Like, I think I... I think I don't really have much to say about Mario Odyssey. I feel like it basically holds together and it's a good thing. Yeah, like that. Um, that looks like like I would go with that over Zelda personally, just because I think that it looks yeah. like it looks like a joy to play. Like I would have a great it, time playing. It that. is. It looks like it fun in video game form. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fun. It like it doesn't like have a strong arc to it, like a Mario, like the old NES games, like Mario Two and Mario Three. Mm -hmm. Like that's still something I'm kind of missing in these newer Mario games, like 3D World, like. Gets it's like pretty nice climax, and then has the four special worlds that just where it just kind of like dwindles off. Like, all right, here's the here's the stuff we could have put in the main game, but yeah. we didn't because we're mm -hmm. afraid to because people that play video games don't like difficult video games anymore. Yeah, it's like smart. I mean, Go I'm ahead, talking shit here because I haven't played them since like Galaxy Two, but it seems like every game since then, like 3D Land, 3D World, yeah, they're just so increasingly about post game. It's kind of weird. Yeah. The, the last Mario game where the best and hardest part of the game was at the end of the game was Mario 3. Like, they stopped doing that. Yeah. They just... Yeah. Every game since, it's like... Yeah, I guess oh, Mario the... did it, too. I really like Mario World, though. Yeah, Mario World totally, put, like, puts all the best levels hidden away in the special world. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then, so... So they, they kind of lost that arc... Um, that storytelling to them that was sort of important to me about like Mario Land, Mario 2, Mario 3, and, and Mario 1. Well, it's like, like um, I like to think of that for me, like the first game I ever played where I sort of felt that arc, and it still remains special to me today, obviously, is Super C, where I feel like there's this yeah. arc where mm. you start at one place and you get progressively darker <laughs> and more twisted as it goes, uh, and it also and gets more difficult. And I think that, that. I don't know, Super C starts fucking hard and gets a little harder. <laughs> Yeah, you got a point. Like it starts out with the needle quite high, but I'm, I, I think in terms of just like the the stage yeah. theming and things like that, Definitely. it made me feel like I was getting progressively to places where I shouldn't go as a human being. Mm -hmm. like, just the way that game has a level where you go straight down at the end. Yes. Yep. Really sells it. Yeah. Like I feel like so that's weird. sort of our benchmark. Just as a, as a podcast, that's sort of the one we return to. Like when we talked about yeah, subterranean animism. Yeah. Yep, we say it's like super C. <laughs> yep. Because that's like that's like the big benefit that Super C has over the original Contra too is that it has such a strong arc. Yeah. Um, and Mario's not good at that now. It's yeah. it is a jumble of very good content. Yeah. Um, and 
that's and it works on that level. Like that the thing in Mario Odyssey is also that you're constantly like possessing the enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, you're Kirby now. Yeah, you're Kirby, and they're introducing new enemies for basically the whole game up to the point where like the second to last level in the main game, they introduce a new enemy at the start of the game. They spend the whole level teaching you how to be that enemy, and then you fight a boss where you're playing as that enemy, and you have to use this specific verb set that you don't haven't learned anywhere else in the game, and then you go fight the climax, and it has nothing to do with that. So <laughs> That's it's, bad it, pacing. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, the thing is that the formal climax of the game is at the very, is at the end of the post-game. Um, the, the game design climax, and that's been the case with all of these. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. they don't... Like, Mario Odyssey has this pretty fun Sonic Adventure-ass climax, mm-hmm. um, like, story climax, and then it has the formal climax n- later on, and they don't con- congeal at all. I like um, that we use the word ass climax together, like, right back-to-back. <laughs> yes. back. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I beat the I beat the last post game level in like forty five minutes, um, which I thought was pretty disappointing. Mm. Um, like three D worlds took me like four hours. It's yeah, that it's was that hard. was murder. Yeah, that one's I still have I've still only beaten it with Peach. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> rough. Um, so in Mario Odyssey, I was like, all right, that was it. It finally does the thing where it calls back to all these previous enemies that you've already learned, and then you have to fight their level. You're constantly changing between them. It's like, why wouldn't and that like, be the proper yeah. climax? Yeah, yeah, that and they do that weird. a little. They do that a little bit in the last bout in the main story climax, but like not enough to feel satisfying. And then I wasn't really satisfied with the the final level either. Like I wanted it to be. Ba- I basically wanted it to be twice as long, mm. and still boot you back to the start if you die. Twice as long and twice as hard. Yeah. Well, twice as long or twice as hard. Both would have worked. Um, so I, But then it has this nice... The very last bit after the story, after the post-game, where you go and climb up and get to the top, you have this little conversation with your hat buddy, and it was actually kind of sweet. And it made me feel kind of warm and good. Did you get every moon? No, God, no. <laughs> that seems okay. just too extreme, which kind of leads us to the Zelda thing of... Yeah, I got 550 moons, I think, uh, which is still... I can't believe you didn't even get half of them. I think that's half. I, I'm half. joking. Okay, okay. It's about uh, half of them, though. It's. Yeah, so I, I came off of Mario Odyssey feeling like it was kind of not quite as incisive as it could have been, mm-hmm. and so I replayed... 64 last year and it doesn't have any possession so it's just focusing on mario's movement for the whole game and it's kind of better for it yeah i can see that and i would probably even agree to that mm-hmm. so i i like mario odyssey because unlike 3d world it was getting back to the 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 what are the things that you dioramas the little diorama levels that 64 did Mm -hmm. so well like this is that again whereas 3d land and 3d world are straightforward obstacle courses um these are places that you get to live in for a while and i love that yeah Um, like that's what seems cool about this game is how the art styles are so diverse in mm -hmm. each level and like isn't there kind of a demon souls thing in there oh yeah there's a demon souls thing there's there's like there's there's a a couple levels there's a couple levels where i was like oh it's a dark souls level like that's but in different ways and then obviously the new donk city is fun um so yeah it doesn't it was fun enough that i had a really good time the whole time i was playing it and then i put it down comfortably and it didn't 
while without it really blowing my skirt up otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, when you die, so I you like lose it. all your moons and have to get them again. <laughs> really, there are too many moons. <laughs> they should have had like half as many moons. You have to find each individual soul that you lost. They all got scattered <laughs> oh, to various God. points of Lordrum or Lothrum mm-hmm. or whatever it's called. What are you going to say, Rhett? Uh, I forget. <laughs> I, I heard someone say that the post game in Mario Odyssey is when it gets really good, and n- no, <laughs> you just go back to all the previous levels, and there are like twice as many moons. That they give you a bunch more moons, and they're but they put them on the map, so it's they're easier to find. It's like so saying it's just oh. green stars in Galaxy Two are where the game oh, really yeah. gets that, good. That's what I was gonna say. Fuck Mario Galaxy One and Two for having you do like all of the shines twice. Yeah, like it's not that. that. Was... They're different ones, at least. I know they're... this is be- yeah. This sounds better than that. But like, mm-hmm. I never got to the last level in Galaxy Two because it wanted me to do everything literally again. Like the like, Luigi yeah. stars are ridiculous. Yeah. I was just like, no, this is. Those games seem like they've been dealing in excess a bit much. Yeah, I think. Like, yeah, have you go through like, the entire game twice and, like, having a thousand moons in this one is, like, eh. Like, Mario 3D World was the only one of these that I've actually, like, 100%ed. That's, and that's as much as... And then I was like, I never want to play another game like this again. I never I never need another 3D World-type Mario. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And I feel the same way with Odyssey. Like, I'm done. So I don't know if the best way to make games is to make them so that I'm so completely stuffed that I don't ever want more of that ever. It's like, good, yeah. you completely satisfied me. Thank you, I guess. Boyfriend I think it's hmm? um, So, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, <laughs> I played, like, the first seven hours or so of Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword, and I kind of hated them. Um, I don't really love Wind Waker all that much, and I have sort of a complicated relationship with the N64 games. Mm-hmm. Um I replayed Ocarina of Time last year, and I loved it. Made me cry a bunch, and I really loved how that story made me feel. While also, it was kind of felt grinding and miserable to play for most of the story, if that makes sense. Um, like I, I was like the the in like a good way, I guess, where I was just playing through the dungeons and being like, oh god, this is so like kind of isolating and you have this atmospheric noise and you're just alone in these awful places for like two two and a half hours um that's so I found totally kind of, your jam <laughs> yeah which is why i really i really like ocarina of time i really like majora's i especially like majora's mask because i felt like they guided i don't think they're really fun but i think they're miserable in a way that super serves this the themes of their story and when you kill Ganon at the end of Ocarina of Time, it's incredibly cathartic. Yeah. Because you've, it's a game about growing up, and when after you grow up, you're, while you're when you're a kid, everyone is talking to you and helping you along. But then when you grow up, you're just kind of alone, all the time, and it sucks. <laughs> and nobody tells you what to do, and all the puzzles are really complicated and opaque. And just I keep like real on life. About it. <laughs> yeah, I was like waiting for the joke there. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what to do. Somebody help me, and then nobody helps me. And then I then you have to fight Ganon, um, so I felt like Ocarina of Time is a good game, and I think Majora's Mask is a really good game. Um, so I played Breath of the Wild, and I was extremely excited about this game because it seems to, like, 
the I, I feel it feels like the thing with Twilight Princesses, especially Skyward Sword, is that they start with these baseline miserable games mm-hmm. and then try to <laughs> like paper over that by giving you lots of tutorial boxes and yeah. they make it do pleasant. They tr- they try to make it make it super accessible when at its core it's a slog and it's supposed to be and like when you're trying to do that it just it's gonna. You're just. Yeah, it's your Skyward Sword. Yeah, you're at war with yourself. You either need to change what this thing is doing and simplify and streamline, or you need to, or or you just end, or you need to just embrace that it's going to be really complicated and hard to parse because people love Ocarina of Time. Inexplicably, everyone loves that game, even though it's <laughs> like. To me, it was completely harrowing. Um, people seem to really dig it, so obviously that works. Um, so they have all the, they give you all these in, these huge inventories full of different items you have to learn, to, you have to use to solve dumb puzzles once. Uh, to solve dumb puzzles once, like uh, oh, I got the I got the lens of truth. I'll use that in this dungeon nowhere else. Uh, or whatever the Skyward Sword equivalent is. Yeah, the um, best is in uh, Twilight Princess. There's a thing you ride on, like the hook, the mm-hmm. spinner disc. Yeah, the dumb spinner disc oh, is God. used literally once during one boss fight. Oof. And then, like, there's one place in the overworld I think to use it. Yeah, and then you Zelda... never use it outside its dungeon. Yeah, Zelda's vocabulary is bloated and ugly and inelegant, and you either fix that. Or you just embrace it, deal with it. Um, try, but papering over that is gonna be painful. <laughs> and yeah. and I and like Skyward Sword was like some, one of the most viscerally unpleasant video game experiences <laughs> of my life. Like not in a good way. I just like it was. It just repulsed me. That that game is um, ass. Yeah. Um, and and a lot of Nintendo's games in that era sort of felt like that to me, and less to a lesser extent, like Mario Galaxy kind of gave me some of those vibes. Um, oh yeah, like Nintendo at that time, like you know the Wii had kind of caught on, and they were gung ho about making everything as fucking accessible as possible. Yeah, and then doing that with games that weren't accessible, like Zelda's not, like 3D Zelda is not a game that like you can just make any anybody able to play it's a, you're navigating a 3d space you're engaging combat puzzles a story like there's so much built into that it's not like zelda on the <laughs> NES, where the vocabulary is straightforward and simple yeah. and it can be hard and still be fun because people know oh i just have to press up down left right <laughs> press this button to swing the sword use items on the menu it's easy it is um, kind of weird how they had the new super mario brothers because they realized those games so sold way better because mm-hmm. 2D Mario is just way simpler for people to deal with than 3D Mario. Mm-hmm. But then 2D Zelda still kind of was relegated to the handhelds, and then it just kind of disappeared. Yeah, when it was always, like, for that whole era, handheld Zelda was better. Phantom Hourglass is good. Link Between mm. Worlds is good. Link Between Worlds is kind of the one exception where it's like, okay, let's yeah. do a 2D Zelda and try to fix some of the problems with this franchise. Yeah. Spirit I mean, I think, Tracks I think... is garbage. I hate that. Game. Yeah, yeah, and, and also that. that <laughs> I, I felt like Phantom Hourglass was pretty solid. Yeah, Phantom Hourglass is solid. I like that game. As yeah, long as like the controls too. can be at times, I like that game. Yeah. So, because they kept it, they kept the language simple, yeah. streamlined. Like, and it's so it's fun. Um, 
So I was really into... What I'm saying is that I was really into what Breath of the Wild brings to the table. And it basically delivers on that. There are no... You don't collect dungeon items in this game. Um, you get, like... You just collect... No items in this game exist to make progress possible. They just make your life easier. You yeah. find a stronger sword, and that makes the next fight easier than if you went at it with a weaker sword. You find a stronger shield. You find a stronger armor. Um, you get a heart container. Everything that powers you up exists not as a lock for an arbitrary door down the... to a key to an arbitrary lock down the line. It just exists to make it easier to handle the next challenge. Like, that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. Right. It sounds um, very similar to, like, the original Metroid, where most of that game is just collecting missile upgrades and yeah. health containers, because they make it easier, but you don't need them. Yeah, and if you try to go fight Mother Brain without them, you might get trapped. Like, I still, like, some... I still barely beat Mother Brain when I replay Metroid 1, because it's really a hard... Like, it's bullshit. Like, you're... you're it's just... They're just throwing as many projectiles. Yeah, as you I, can. I know. A lot it's of those NES games like Metroid and Kid Icarus, the projectiles, it's just projectile spam. There's no yeah. method to yeah. it. Yeah, but it serves the story that the game is telling, even if it's, it's bullshit, but yeah. it, it's, it's, still... it, it's tense and exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I really, I really appreciate that. Um, and this game actually goes further. Yeah, you than... get everything right at the start, basically. Yeah, this game goes further than Legend of Zelda or Metroid 1 because you can go to the final dungeon whenever you want. Yeah. The first mission quest you get, the fish quest item you get, is destroy Ganon. I, I really love that. That's yeah. pretty fucking good. It's really good. You get destroy Ganon and the guy points at Hyrule Castle. This is like 40 minutes in. You've gotten all your runes, which are your magic... Basically, the runes are what yeah. you would get as a dungeon item. Yeah. But they give them all to you up front. Um, What's the time till sword? Time till sword is less than five minutes. Like you, nice. I mean, you get time until you stick, ah. which serves which serves the purpose of the sword. I think I got a sword like 20 minutes in. Okay. Um, but I got a stick that I was hitting, hitting enemies with real quick. Um, so if you thought of it... If you were trying, if you're imagining like the original Legend of Zelda, but like even more open and kind of like HeroCore, um, it's sort of HeroCore. That's that's my touch point. <laughs> it really it is. Coming, it yeah. comes up so much. I really like HeroCore. It's very good. And are it's you the, are you doing the Tumblr clap thing in person? Yes, yes, yes. I was. Yes, I, was I just we actually just have a. Fuck God damn it. I hate this podcast. That's funny. Um, but uh, this game isn't that. There's like a very strong key difference between Zelda Breath of the Wild and the original NES Zelda. Um, and that's scale. Um, <laughs> yeah. There is a lot of empty space in Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. You are left to your own devices to go around this world and collect items and doodads to make yourself stronger so that, so that when you fight Ganon, you're ready. And so basically the whole game is building up to that one, to that climactic showdown. Yeah. And you're running around collecting resources, trying to make yourself ready for that. Um, and if you try to go early on, you probably will get your ass handed to you. Um, 
but it's so much bigger. Like the original Zelda and Zelda two are very kinetic and kind of immediate action games. I think um, you get into a dungeon, especially then all of the rooms are basically yeah. full of things. And like the original Zelda, um, Breath of the Wild has very few puzzles. Um, they're basically relegated to the shrines and the four dungeons, um, which are optional. Um, and the puzzles themselves are very good because you have your whole vocabulary in front, so they actually have to give make puzzles instead of just use the hook shot. Oh, yeah. So they're actually good puzzles. I mean, Ocarina and Majora have good puzzles too because they they build off the use hook shot puzzles and then go even further. But it still has that slightly muddled, like, oh, you got the dungeon item, time to use that. Now use the dungeon item a whole yeah. lot. For this one dungeon. Yeah. Um, but and, and Zelda and Breath of the Wild doesn't do that. It, when it is a puzzle game, it's very good at it. Um, I like these puzzles. They're, they're more shot of the glossy, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, they're more, like, thoughtful. Mm-hmm. So, um, is your problem with this game just how big it is? It's very big. <laughs> See, because I played Witcher 3, and that's a very big game. And it's very big in a different way. Mm-hmm. But, but it's like also very games. populated. But the, Yeah, that's what I mean. It's very big in a different way. But, like, if I'm enjoying what I do in Zelda, I could probably do it for 100 hours. I don't know. Yeah. I think the fundamental thing that kind of puts me off of this um, is that it's very big. And I think that the various facets of the game are shallower than it maybe realizes and they're not strong enough to carry a 20 to to like a 30 hour experience Mm. if it was if i felt like i'd had a complete journey with the game in 15 hours i think i would have felt very good about it um but instead it it was like a 30 hour game um and i think think if you want to do everything it's a much longer game yeah i didn't want to do everything i didn't do that thankfully um then I would have been miserable. It would 900 have been, it would have been seeds. Get all yeah. them shiny bippity bops. There's 900 seeds. Yeah. I didn't I know that the, there were 900 seeds. I think that somebody <laughs> did a 100% speed run of this game, <laughs> and he fell asleep at hour 32. <laughs> and, like, like and when he ran... it still set the world record. It still set the world record, and when he went back and did it, because he took a nap and kept the timer running for eight hours... Oh he God. came back and he had an eight-hour gold split at the end because he finished it in like twenty-six hours or something. <laughs> oh, the second time he did. Yeah, it. the yeah. second time he did it. Yeah, I think I got like fifty. I think I got like twenty Korok seeds. <laughs> um, I did. I did like fifty shrines. I think. Uh, so I did. Um, the master sword. I think in this one, you you get it when you have if you have enough hearts. So it's like the original Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Mm. I didn't get the Master Sword because I put all of my upgrades into stamina because the stronger you get, the more boring the game is. So I wanted to upgrade stamina instead of my hearts. Nice. Um, so That's the other thing I hear about a lot about this game is that it's very hard at the start, but then mm-hmm. it stops being hard and then you have like 70 hours left. <laughs> hmm. Um, the combat in this game is very shallow. Um, it basically comes down to every one-on-one fight ultimately comes down to whether or not you can perform a parry. Yeah. And then if you can perform the parry on the, where you just, I didn't, I don't, I think there's a parry that I ignored. I just did the dodge backwards thing. And then that triggers letting you counterattack, which yeah. is called a flurry. 
And if you can trigger Flurry consistently, then you can take on basically anything. I took on the hardest Lionel variant with like seven hearts and no armor. Um, what I did specifically was I equipped it, I upped my strength with a potion and then just equipped my strength boosting gear. Um, yeah. And it could kill me in one hit. But <laughs> but if you landed just a parry, it's lights mm -hmm. out. Well, no, I, I, I spent like five minutes wailing on this super post-game, end-game enemy um, landing like, it took like 15 parries where I would dodge their attack and then do the flurry and then dodge their next attack and do the flurry. And I did that over the course of like five minutes. And it took me several tries because I would make one mistake and then die. Yeah. Um, but, and so it was actually pretty fun and tense, but also it was a very like shallow kind yeah. of experience. Yeah, that sounds right? it's, very it's boring. No Dark Souls. It's not, it almost arrives at that kind of resonance a couple times where it almost feels like a Demon Souls boss, but it never... It is not that. And that is, it is a small piece of what is appealing about Demon Souls without yeah. building on that, building, without being a complete thing. Now, um, I'm now I'm imagining this game with like proper, like Bloodborne style bosses and being like, oh my God, that'd be so good. Yeah. But like Bloodborne has a lot of densely packed levels. Um, but, but you the go bosses so are long. just kind of like a big arena. Yeah. The bosses, and then the bosses in, um, are big arenas. But yeah, there's, there's only a handful of bosses because there's not very much to juice to actually ring out of the combat. Yeah. yeah. So if they did any more fighting, then it would quickly reveal how shallow it is, I think. Yeah. Um, also, the flurries take like 15 seconds to execute. And uh... once, you've, once you've executed it, there's no more input, basically. It's You're like just... the start and stop of Doom I was talking uh... about. Yeah, it's like the melee kills, but you do them less often, but they take way longer. Um, you know what I bet, though? I yeah. bet the combat in this feels way better than Skyrim. Of course. Which has, oh. like, really shitty first-person melee combat. Blech. So everyone who yeah. played that first is like, oh my god, Zelda's the best open-world game of all time, because it's not that. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't, I'm not convinced that it's any particularly smarter than the combat in Ocarina or Majora is sort of my takeaway. Um, like, I, like I think that, voice. like, people kind of get hung up. On, like, the thing that, like, <laughs> I have a few friends that streamed it, so I watched the majority of this game. Yeah. And, like, sort of the takeaway that I got was that it's just like, yeah, it's, it's harder, and Zelda hasn't been hard in a very long time. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what a lot of people, I think, are latching onto, where I think that they think yeah. that that game has a lot of nuance to it. But mm -hmm. it's just like, no, things just kind of hit you way harder. Like, it, <laughs> when something knocks you across the room, it doesn't do one-fourth of a heart. It, mm -hmm. does, it does, like, uh, I eight. was so mad when Wind Waker started the one-fourth heart that thing. That shit God. was so bad. Yeah. Like, it's way more engaging because it is, like, Because tenser, it's more, yeah. But like, it's not, but it's it's, not smarter. Yeah, it's, like, they, they made things harder, but they only made them harder in a numbers aspect. I think that's I think that's really fair. And like, I, mean, I didn't really it's see cool enemies, that they moved away from the. I, I didn't really I didn't really see enemies doing things that were all that atypical of a Zelda game. Like it just like you could put a lot of these enemy designs in like Skyward Sword or uh, or, or or Twilight Princess, and it was just like I could see them totally working there. It's still totally mm -hmm. the Z targeting combat. Like just they hit harder now. The numbers are bigger. Yeah. That's it. You know how you said they only strengthened it on a numbers game. 
Apparently, there's a hard mode DLC for this. Yeah. Where enemies just have regenerating health. Yeah. So, so that's how it gets harder. All right. That's cool. <laughs> but, like, um, I like open world games, so I'm still like, mm, I want to yeah. play this on hard mode and just have it take, like, 200 hours to get strong enough to kill the big Lionel. Yeah, I think that's And that would still be my jam. I, I, I could be down for that, I think. Like, I um, can I, see totally how wandering around this big world and having these little moments of discovery, small as they yeah. may be, mm-hmm. I can see how that's appealing. I, I totally I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I totally get it. 900 it's, seeds. It's just not my jam. Like, I need yeah. something with a little more structure to it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's a couple more things that were... there. Like, my favorite, probably my best memory with the whole game was when I found the first Labyrinth which is just a side dungeon that you don't have to go through, and I just stumbled onto it, and it's a big, empty maze with no puzzles. <laughs> See, I didn't know that was in there. That's cool. Yeah. and It's, it's not the, a shrine, and it's not a divine beast. A big, yeah, empty just, maze with no puzzles. This is like the jawnest of John jams yeah. ever. It's like, hey, they just they finally ditched all the bullshit and just gave <laughs> me a big, empty maze. And the, the walls, you can climb them, but they're really, really tall. And you can see oh. the top of the maze on the map, but then there are openings in the maze that oh, make things. Oh god, that would be so, so you have confusing. To... <laughs> yeah, so you have to like figure out this navigational puzzle of comparing like what's on the map, what's visible from the top, and, what's and then having to navigate from... these yeah. things that you can't see. That's really cool, actually. So that kind it's... of is a puzzle. It's a lot like mm. Doom maps, really, because you can't judge height from the auto map. Yep. Um, so the first one, I, there are two more, and they basically felt like kind of the same experience. So the first one was what was very memorable yeah. to me. Yeah, I um, think because the world is so big, they have to put stuff in multiple times so that people have a chance of finding it. Yeah, that's. I think that's fair. Um, so I really, that was a really strong memory. There's another island. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it if you don't mind. I mean, everyone uh, talks about this as the best part of the game. Even yeah okay it, it's called Eventide Island and when you arrive you it takes away all of your upgrades and yeah, items yeah and you have to just navigate this pretty dense combaty island finding these three doodads without while, while building yourself back up some, from scratch I thought that was like a DLC no nope, that's just it's, in, it's the in the base game huh because um, I remember there being a DLC that was sort of structured a, like you get stripped of all your shit and have to start over mm hmm. Um, well, I don't know. Oh, if they, if they oh. do the idea again, that's great. Um, I did not buy the DLC. I don't really plan to. Uh, this game had enough content for me. No, no, that motorcycle uh, you, looks pretty good. You great. get a motorcycle, though. The Hyrule <laughs> Davidson seems pretty awesome. I also liked riding the horses. And, and you catch your own horse and name them and then, like, and then, like, pet them to make them love you more. It's very good. Um, can you name it Argo? Probably. Yes, you can name it whatever you want. Uh, I named mine after a Fire Emblem character. I named mine Oatmeal. That's a good name for a horse. That's a good name for a horse, exactly. You name it Argo, and then you pretend the Divine Beasts are Colossi. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of... Oh, that's what that's from. You said Argo, and I was like... I think it's it's Argo. Okay, I was thinking of the the 2012 Argo movie. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, God, swinging and then you only upgrade stamina because climbing is what you do in that game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I wanted to make the climbing easier, so I upgraded stamina constantly. But then that meant that I couldn't get the Master Sword, <laughs> which was I, fine. 
I heard the Master Sword sucks because it still has the fucking durability. Yeah, it still has the durability, but it just, like, it needs to recharge for, like, five minutes. Yeah, it comes back. But that's I really, like... really stupid. The ma- uh, Master Sword's having a bad day. Well, if they... <laughs> if they... They have to admit that their durability system sucks if they make that thing, like, completely indestructible or they don't take it away from you to use in some form. Like, they have, to, remember... they have to admit that the entire fucking system is stupid, which it is... Yeah. Is it stupid? The fucking it's durability system. <laughs> I mean, like, I never once for the entire game was, like, wanting for weapons or shields or arrows. Like, well, no, because I, fucking you... everything drops something. Oh, okay. So what you're saying is that they should have had, had things last longer before breaking, but drop fewer weapons. I think that would be a better idea. Okay, because I think it's good that they break. Otherwise, I would have just found the best thing. And yeah, I don't care that. that they break. It's just that they break so easily, and they're so abundant, mm-hmm. and it requires so yeah. much menuing. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Like, like I'm the pace just like, dies. That's the thing, is that when you trigger a flurry, you it, there's like a five-second thing where it's like freezing in time, and it's so that you can open your menu and then switch to the strongest weapon so that you can flurry with it. What? That's real weird. That's so yeah, stupid. So, so for a lot of these enemies, I would be equipping like my one-handed sword so I could be holding up my shield, mm-hmm. and then I would execute a flurry, and then I'd switch to my strong two-handed sword while Link is mid-backflip, uh... attack them, and then I'd forget to put back on my one-handed sword and then die. <laughs> um, it was a very janky. weird, janky video gamey thing, and I think it would have been better. And I think it would have been more thoughtful because it meant that I would have had to choose which weapon I wanted to attack with and block with at the same time instead of it being ah you can do whatever you want um, i like how dark souls like you can technically change stuff in it but like menuing is so slow in that mm-hmm. so like but if you want to have something on just like the d-pad you have to suffer the weight consequence the whole yeah. time mm-hmm. in order to have it at the ready like that i remember i was smarter <laughs> <laughs> but like the thing about the master sword i think is that it would be cool if it wasn't the strongest weapon, but it also didn't break. So there would yeah. still be reasons to use the other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. I don't know. It, it's just like, like they just gave it to you at the they give it to you at the end basically, so I don't really I wouldn't care I don't really care that it doesn't break. I just It just seems like just there should be a way it. to get over the It just kinda sounds like they did the not end. have an idea or a clue of what to do or how to make the Master Sword relevant other than giving it to you super late in the game and having it completely just function the way that it does they just did not have any clue it's just the sword from yeah it's like, like it's, it's the thing that you have to from. have this is an iconic thing that you need to always mm-hmm. have to have in a zelda game so here it is yeah well i ignored it and it was fine well there you that go was, i almost i almost beat the game without doing the fourth dungeon because i was just like i wanted to be done yeah um so i okay. i, I took did you do all four yeah i did all four. Oh, okay um, cool so they did so the so a couple other things is that they have these little dense like lots of enemies packed into an area and you have to figure out how to get past them usually by like using bombs or fire or something carefully and it's almost like a Metal Gear Solid 3 snake eater um encounter um but there's very few of those that actually make you think thoughtfully and after you've gotten further enough in the game you can just kind of well through them um so it doesn't really arrive at that kind of snake eatery dense systems interplay that i think people think it does like, i've that's seen how some people doing crazy stuff though like knocking yeah. boulders down 
and like I... chopping a tree down, pushing it down a ledge, and then having to kill all the enemies. Yeah, like you do that, and it's fun. But I feel like that's also a pretty small part of the game, if that makes sense. And I don't think it like I ever really. It was always just like a fun thing I could do on the side if I wanted to. It's not like oh, I have to. I have to think. Yeah, if it's I like get the item at the end of this. Yeah, I have to be clever. you don't have to it's... exhibit this kind of ingenuity in order mm. to get through the game. It's just hey, mm. here's some stuff that kind of works just because of the systems being the way that they yeah. are. Yeah, I've seen like, people so put off by the durability, though, that they thought they had to, like, get creative with every fight because they never wanted anything to break. Yeah, but you don't because you're constantly getting new weapons. Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't I was even, like, just freely using my strongest weapons because I would be, like, got my super strong sword and wail on a rock because I wanted to mine it. And I'm like, <laughs> eh, I could switch to my hammer, but I don't feel like it um, because I think you it's... just get so much. There's yeah. people like me in Final Fantasy games who will like never use never an elixir because what elixirs. if I need... so I'll never use my strongest weapons in this because what if I need it later? Uh, um, the cooking is fun, but it's slow. Um, Monster it's Hunter, like... yeah, it's like Monster Hunter, you guys. Yay. Um, so it never, it doesn't feel as it's not as good as Snake Eater at being Snake Eater. Um, it's not as good as being the original Legend of Zelda as the original Legend of Zelda. Um, each of the four dungeons has their own little like character set piece stuff where you do like a little quest line before you fight the dungeon and they introduce you to a past character and a new present day character. Um, none of it works. Oh yeah. I've heard the authored stuff is like actually the worst part. Really? All of the writing is bad. It's sort of my experience with the game. Um, Basically, I just said, like, oh, this is the Snake Eater part. This is the original Legend of Zelda part. Those are when it's trying to be Ocarina of Time. And every uh, time it was trying to be Ocarina of Time, I really wanted to play Ocarina of Time. Because Ocarina is maybe, such Maybe those are more of the writing. Skyward Sword moments. Yeah, yeah. Ocarina is... based on the writing, it sounds like. I mean, it, it's, it felt... It made me think of Ocarina. It made me think of Saria. Um, those kinds of amazing, good character moments... Um, but in, but, but being totally missed. Yeah. But not, they didn't, they nailed, they did not do it. It, It's basically like if, but it's, it starts with you as an adult and Link has, has these past relationships with these characters, but he's forgotten them. Mm. Um, so they have brief flashbacks to try to build empathy with them. Um, while also having like building a relationship with this present day character who then doesn't have any climax or relevance. So so it builds it builds half a relationship with one character and then half a relationship with another new character Ugh. and then neither you don't care about either of them as a result. In Yikes. every case, if you combine them into one character, it would like Prince Sidon, who's obviously hot, wonderful fish boy. I was um, about to say you you at least want to be fucked by fish boyfriend, right? I want to be fi- fucked and and bitten by a fish boyfriend, but. You have this whole big relationship with Sidon that gets built up. He helps you get into the dungeon. And then that, and then he's he takes the rest of the game off. And then you're during the dungeon, you're building up your relationship with this girl from the past, um, who's just fish princess, who's who also who wants to bone Link. Uh, uh, man, but you don't care about her because you didn't have didn't that have a yeah. yeah like there's no real history there. Yeah, because they just allude to a history in flashbacks. Yeah. It's like if Ocarina didn't yeah. have child section, so yeah. you just see you Saria, just, and you're like, oh, yeah. hey, I remember you from the past. Oh, you're Amnesia. Um, 
Oh, so you have okay. all this build up. You have all this build up with one character, and then payoff with a different character that has no build up. So nothing yeah, works. Yeah, you can't build good narrative or story or, or character building like that. That's not how it works. And that applies to all four dungeons, which have you know two characters apiece that they want you to care about. And it basically applies to Zelda, who's the same thing. You you find memories of Zelda throughout the map, and I found like four out of twelve. Oh. Um, and then you have a big payoff with her that's supposed to make you feel something during the climax, and it didn't make me feel anything. Um, another thing is that the shrines and the dungeons have puzzles. The Hyrule du- Castle does not have any puzzles. Mm. So there's no climax with the puzzles. They teach you all the stuff, and then it doesn't have any relevance on the end of the game, which <laughs> makes me wonder why it's in there in the first yeah, place. Yeah, that just... Yikes. There's a lot of this stuff about this game that kind of is like, maybe this is a dry first run. It's something better down yeah. the line. Because I mean, it just a lot of it just feels like, oh, we have an idea. Put it in. Let's see what happens. Let's see what sticks. Mm-hmm. I mean, for Nintendo's first stab at an open world game, yeah. it still sounds amazing. It still sounds yeah. impressive. Yeah. From and that, given how long yeah. it took them to make, they weren't going to yeah. do a second pass. No. Yeah. No. And, and, Ganon is, and Ganon is hard. Um they did exactly what I wanted them to do, which was they beating the dungeons lo- um, lowers Ganon's health bar. Like that's, that's all it does. That's a good idea. It's badass. Like all it. So when you when you get to the end and you've beaten all four dungeons and then they do their super attack and it just halves his health bar and then you realize, oh, the rest is all up to me now, huh? Oh, oh no. <laughs> um, it's really intense because all that buildup but there's still half of that left and that's all on you now. Yep. There's nothing else that anybody else can do to help you. You have to do this yourself. Um, and it's good. It's a good, it's a good climax. It's a good last fight. I, I thought Hyrule Castle was a little bit short and easy for my taste, but I was, I'd also beaten the whole game. So yeah. I had all the resources afforded to me. Um, and then Ganon himself was, took me just like two tries, but I had all the resources. So I feel like that's fair. Um, it's weird because he has like a super mega shield where he's like, oh, I'm invincible now. How do you beat me? And you do a flurry. No. And oh, that's it. Like, you do a flurry. Yeah, go ahead. Why I thought you were going to say you use the magnet and rip it out of his hand. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't use any runes during the climactic fight with Ganon. Wait, maybe you do. I don't remember. Maybe you can, but you didn't. I don't know. He might shoot ice at you at some point, which you need a room for, but I can't remember. Um, Ganon's design itself, if you don't mind me just saying, it's pretty f- hilarious because he doesn't look... It's not Pig Ganon. It's like this giant many-armed centipede, which is holding like eight different weapons that <laughs> look like weapons from previous enemies. Yeah. So it's the most like... This is the final exam, boss. You need to apply everything that you've learned throughout oh. this game. But but it's in a cute way. Like I found that endearing. Like, because that's what I wanted was the final exam boss, and they and they kind of delivered. Um, he has to hold like eight weapons because they break after three hits. <laughs> <laughs> also, the guardian laser sound effect um, is perfect. It is great. Everything. It is every. It is great game design because it's really scary and it. And almost every every boss has it. Um, and Ganon has it, and all the Guardians have it, and every time it starts doing that beep, 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 you know exactly what's about to happen. And, yeah. it's, and it's still scary. Yeah, it's scary for the whole game, which is really impressive, I think. You can get a shield that 
um, blocks it, but it but then the shield immediately breaks. <laughs> it's so good. Um, all right, I, I talked myself back into liking the game a bit there. Um, well, then after you, after after you beat Ganon, which is um, which is a great fight, there's a second fight, and it's you shoot light arrows at him Uh-oh. on horseback on, at giant glowing marks on his body after he's turned into a giant pig. And then the last thing is that you shoot a light arrow in slow motion at his giant. He you expose his giant weak point, which is a giant eye, and then you shoot it with an arrow, and then he explodes. <laughs> wow! So yeah. they, the Twilight Princess do you at the end. Yeah. So they have like the really good boss fight, and then they have a really lame boss that does engages with none of the systems, and is but it just feels like, totally pulled out of like all the other three D Zeldas. Yeah, and then it's it's really it's easy. literally a like, giant eye that you're shooting, and then you sh- literally shoot a giant eye. Like, come on, y'all! Um, it, like it's 2017. Come on, y'all! Don't sh- don't make me shoot eyes anymore, please. <laughs> so many there are puzzles in the dungeons. A lot of them come down to shooting giant eyeballs. It's ba- basically every enemy and every boss too. You can make way easier by shooting them in the eye with an eyeball, <laughs> with shooting them in an eye with an arrow. Um, all right, I feel like that's about it. The the game the story resolves after that, and it's really kind of weak and not resonant. Okay. And I made me think about how much I cried at the end of Ocarina, and made me wish that I and make kind of maybe long for that. I game feel like that. you've really come around on Ocarina in a weird way. Oh, I I mean well, I loved it as so a time. miserable when you you seem so miserable playing that game though. I but I but I respected it the whole time, and it wrung a really powerful emotional response out of me. This, I enjoyed playing the whole time and then felt nothing. That's so great. Yeah, it's very symmetrical. It's like poetry, they rhyme. <laughs> yes. So I think Ocarina's better because that's what I value out of games, I guess. Um, <laughs> so I, 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 the response was a little... So that, this, that, I think that is what kind of made me be like, all right, fuck video games for a little bit. <laughs> Let's read some manga, I guess. <laughs> oh, and fuck then, this too. Fuck manga. <laughs> You shoot the homunculus in their giant eye. Oh my god! Um, so I, I I get Breath of the Wild. I was disappointed by it in a lot of key ways. Um, I like it a lot more than the other than the, a lot of the other 3D Zelda's like Skyward Sword. Um, and I feel like I've said enough. I I go way too long on Zelda. Sorry. Um, is it, any thoughts up from y'all before we throw it into the next person? I still really want to play that game. No. Go fun. for it. It's fun. Like I said, like I said, I had fun the whole time. It's just I didn't feel anything, which is mm. I don't know. I'm prepared. Like I, feel, to I feel something. Everyone. I feel something playing stuff. Super C. I feel more playing Super C. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Super C can actually kill you. Yeah. <laughs> God, Super C is good. All right, Rhett. What else have you been up to? I've been playing a lot of video games, so like the All anime right. section, I'm gonna quickly breeze through a lot of them okay start starting with the game that zelda completely fucking overshadowed horizon zero dawn oh hey i remember that that's a game which is this big open world where you're a girl with a bow and you hunt robot dinosaurs that's pretty good pretty good setup like and this is like the prettiest game i've ever played probably in existence right now and they're really smart they have like this dynamic hud you can set up that'll disappear after a few seconds so when you're running around, you can just go completely 100% without a HUD. Like, there's no minimap, period. Wow, nice. So oh, just nice. run around, just 
take in the sights. And then oh, when you're in good. combat, like little bit will pop up when you need it, like a health bar in your ammo. Mm-hmm. And the story in this game is really good. It's kind of like you uncovering the mystery of what happened to the world. Oh, cool. It's like, it's, you know, it's very early on in the game. You run into like this underground building that's like, oh, this is clearly like more modern, our world tech. Yeah. While these people are living like, you know, in huts and villages, but also dealing with robot dinosaurs. So something has really gone yeah, strange something's here. Something's a little silly here. <laughs> So the story's really good, and like some of the most engaging parts of that game are just going through buildings and just soaking in like an hour worth of audio logs and journal entries and stuff. And it's a very kind of sobering look at the apocalypse in a way, and how humanity managed to claw their way back a bit. That's really cool. But it's also a game that I kind of didn't think about much after beating. Like it was very in one ear, out the other. That's kind of the right. impression I get from hearing most people talk yeah. about it. Is that? Yeah, I feel like... Go ahead. Sorry. Is that like at the moment? It like it's this really cool thing, but once it's over, like it's just mums the word. We're done here. Like it's yeah. just in I and totally out. See it maybe failed to make a lot of noise again at Game of the Year for a lot of publications because yeah. they were like, oh, that came out in February. And then Zelda happened. And everybody Zelda, thought, like, it launched with Nier and Zelda at the same time. <laughs> same day. But no one... Ex- I think Nier was, like, a week later. But no one expected Nier to be the real breakout of that nah, trio. No, nah. It was like, oh, Horizon's the big P- PlayStation exclusive and Zelda's, you know, obviously going to be The big exclusive and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it's not a bad game. It's just it, it and it does kind of play like very similar to Far Cry Four. Like, but then there's systems in it that like are from Far Cry basically, but like they kind of miss the point of it. Mm. Like, there's completely pointless like upgrading your ammo bag so you can hold more ammo. Oh, but like you get through it so quickly that it's like, why is this even in here? Because in Far Cry, it's like because you have to have things to upgrade in video games now, or they're not fun. Though, because in Far Cry, it'll be like hunt this passive animal. Okay, hunt this stronger animal, and then like it'll keep escalating, and then be like, oh, there's one like white rhino that'll fuck you up, and that's how you get the highest upgrade. Yeah. But in Horizon Zero Dawn, it's like hunt a raccoon. Okay, now hunt a fish. Okay, now hunt another raccoon. Like, there's literally no escalation because there's no animals that will attack you back basically yeah oh, no. t- yeah so it's, mm-hmm. it's just totally busy work that i'm not sure why it's in there but that's a very small part but it really bugged me because it's like why is this in your game this is so point literally pointless yeah mm-hmm. uh, does this does this like draw comparisons with like far cry 2 in your head because it seems like that was sort of the progenitor of a lot of the of far a lot cry of the 2 is stuff. more survivally okay yeah this definitely felt like I saw somebody describe this game as like the pinnacle of 2012 game design. <laughs> Which is That's like, the most backhanded compliment I think I've heard in a while. They're like, this game is really good at what it's trying to be, but like in a world post Witcher 3 and Zelda, it feels kind of weird. Mm. Given, you know, most people love yeah. Zelda. It's a little yeah. saying that after John. Yeah, kinda that's kind of, a, that's kind of a kicking it when it's down kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But I think I, 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 I like I, I feel like it sounded like I came across as really negative on Ocarina when I played it when I re- actually really liked it, and I feel like I came across really negative here when I still had fun the whole time. So that's kind of funny, I think. Yeah. But yeah, so, go ahead. 
Horizon's pretty good. I think the story, like, there's kind of two stories. There's the backstory history, which is really good, and then there's what's happening in the present, which is not nearly as good. Gotcha. So the ending maybe kind of wet farts a bit. Because uh. it's like, they build these awesome enemy encounters, but then they they don't really want to have unique bosses because that you only fight once because they're meant to be repeatable. So like the last boss is something you fought before with some ads. Oof. That's real boring. Rough. Yeah. I'll take my centipede with a million arms. <laughs> yeah. That sounds a little rushed. Oh, man, that robot T-Rex. The first time you fight one of those is like fucking awesome. Hell yeah. I, I'm like way too early and it took like, probably 25 minutes of just like dodge rolling and just slowly picking away at it with fucking arrows. Now imagine if that was the final boss encounter and they'd stair-stepped up to that in a way and it was unique. Hell but yeah. Is that you fight like three more robot T-Rexes throughout the game and they kind of keep getting less amazing each time because you're stronger so they yeah. you know, then you can take one down in like five minutes and then like pretty quickly and stuff. Yeah. Because it's very RPG-ish like you get noticeably stronger with your skill trees and stuff and yeah. gotcha. at one point i realized like oh you don't actually have to charge your arrows up you can just kind of spam and they won't be as accurate but they'll still do as much damage wow. so it's like oh you can just kind of smash on this huh so that kind of broke things a bit for me too that's yeah that's a little disappointing like it's a game that i've had passing interest in but yeah. i just kind of yeah. thought i'll just skip on it i'm probably not going to really be I... less fulfilled if I'm somehow missing out on it. Yeah. It doesn't Wait. sound like one for me to jump into if I'm in a hating video games mode. No, no. <laughs> no, this is processed to fuck. But again, the story's really good. Like, that's what kind of yeah. really carries the most of it. Even though That's really rad. Plus and, the robot T-Rex. robot dinosaurs. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's pretty good. There's not actually... Most of them aren't really dinosaurs. It's a lot of kind of variety of stuff and weird cool. forms giant enemy crabs literally with fucking electric shields so you have to hit them from behind mm -hmm. it's very silly it's a That's weird mishmash of like sad apocalypse story and also robot dinosaurs <laughs> Come, like, I hey, like tonal dissonance man yeah. how do you make the last of us perfect we just thought of a perfect way Better yeah there you go uh, I played Prey which is a game similar to System Shock in like design yeah this is came out last year obviously yeah. so it's kind of this open world thing on a space station and my favorite thing is that you can just go outside the space station and float around mm -hmm. and like see the entire thing at once and like go to different entrances so like cool it feels like very cohesive as one place and cool. aliens have broken out of containment and you've you've got like to survive do. yeah like, like they do in the games and you know yeah you've got a skill tree that's like Oh, this one enhances your lifting ability, so you can lift like stuff that's in your way. Or this one is your hacking, so you can hack turrets and stuff. And this one will, like, you know, if you played like EG or what's the other one, Deus Ex, like Deus Ex, it's yeah. Stuff. I really like that EG was the first pull there because that is probably the one that all three of us have played. Yeah, but yeah. That's that's literally where I first encountered all that stuff. Where it, like, yeah. Well, played eg i was like what is the skill tree in these upgrades and then like you play bioshock and it's like oh i kind of recognize this from eg awesome and then all there's like all there's... comes returns to system shock <laughs> I mean, cool. this one is 
probably of all the things I've played, like this one's the most directly like, hey, this is a System Shock spiritual successor, like very directly. Yeah. Badass. Because, like, Bioshock was more combat focused, and then it kept getting more combat focused until Infinite was just a shooter. Yeah. Also more boring. Yeah. Just like as far as the shooting, shooter fighting bits. So this one's much more open and, like, open to backtracking and going through areas multiple times, and then, like, enemies will repopulate, which is a pain in the ass. But, it, you know, it wouldn't be spooky if you could just clear out areas and have them be safe at the yeah. end. Mm-hmm. And, like, cool. you, get, you get quests and stuff, like, oh, go here. Like, it's very good about, like, if you read a note and it's like, hey, I left a cache of weapons over here. Like, it'll give you a quest to go get those things. So it helps keep you organized, I guess. Mm. Uh, so then at the end of the game, you get a more... Oh, I should mention one power, though. One of the skill trees is just, like, the alien skill tree. It's, like, all these crazy powers. And the first one is, like, Mimic Matter, which turns <laughs> you... You can turn into whatever you're looking at. <laughs> the big thing they use to show this off is that you can turn into coffee cups. Nice! And then wiggle around and, like, get into narrow areas. Like, it actually has practical applications. That's kind of silly in the best possible way. It's so great, though, because, like... A door will be locked, but, like, a little cr- sliver will be open at the bottom. Ah. Just, like, turn into a coffee cup and throw yourself through that gap and then morph back to your regular body. God. A really fun ability. And then a lot of the other ones are just, like, energy blasts and, like, plasma shit. And I'm like, oh, that's yeah. not as interesting. And if you go down too far down the alien skill tree, the turrets will think you're an alien and, and attack you. So there's uh. a you know drawback to doing it as well yeah and since i love turrets and games and bioshock and stuff i'm like i want to be the build the best turrets and have every area with like five turrets sitting there so that when enemies repopulate they just fucking get gunned down immediately (laughs) which happened several times which was pretty awesome that's pretty cool yeah at the end of the game you get like a moral choice like oh do you want to do this or do you want to do this so so i pick mine and then you get like a 30 second cut scene and the game's over. And I was like, uh, video games. Yeah, that's, that's video games these okay, days, really. So the credits roll, and there's a post credit scene mm-hmm. that is fucking amazing. <laughs> I've never had my opinion of a game's ending do such a 180 from, like, massive disappointment to, fuck, this is fucking brilliant, this ending is so good, like, confirmed so many things I was thinking about this game the whole time, wondering if they were going to go there, and then they did, and it's like, oh, man, this is, like, my favorite ending in a long time. Oh, wow. Fuck, yeah. Really good. Did not expect that turnaround. Yeah. It's, like, it's a cool, like, really don't want to hint at anything, but it's, like, everything clicked into place in a really cool way. Excellent. Excellent. Like, oh, man, really cool. Speaking of endings, I played Danganronpa V3. I hear that game's pretty good. (sighs) Okay, I shouldn't be sounding like that because I did actually really like this game. I probably like it more than the first game a bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also think it's less essential than the first game because the first game to me is, you know, the setup to two. Well, obviously, (laughs) yeah. So, like, I think, you know how we always said how you can stop Danganronpa after every game and have a satisfying conclusion? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm think maybe you can stop after two and have the most satisfying conclusion probably i think that's a fair assessment yeah because 
V3 fucking goes for it, huh? And wow. It just decides that. It just leans back and throws both of its big old cojones right into it. Yeah. It leans so into intimidating. it. It's intimidating. It leans into good, it. It's a good dang and rope game. It just feels kind of inessential because, like, a lot uh-huh. of the games, like, mm, you've kind of done similar setups to these murders before, and, like, some of them are, you know, they hit a rhythm. Yeah. In the third game, it's like, okay, guys, like, you got to maybe shake this up a bit. And then they shake it up for the last couple hours, and holy fuck. And you realize that maybe everything was the way it was before for a reason. That's- Again, it's really difficult to talk about this. Yeah, but this you game can't is- talk about this game much without spoiling it. Okay. Any criticism about this game can be levied, but re- can be rebutted as that's the point. Yeah, it's... If this game is bad, then you can go, well, that's the point. The point is that it's bad. Like, you can't criticize this game without there being a rebuttal like that. Yeah, it's... it's- <laughs> It's a hard one to talk about for a lot of reasons. I still think that a lot of the stuff that they go over as it relates to creative art forms is really kind of interesting and cool. Mm, I think I a lot about of that, that bit. I, thought, I think Imagine a lot of that, that stuff that gets brought up is handled in a real interesting way. Um, yeah. And I think the things they say about it are smart and not really cynical. So It's like the first game, the theme is hope. The second game, the theme is future. Yeah. It's when they introduce a new mechanic where you can lie during a trial. Yeah. So that's kind of leaning into the theme of this one. Yeah. Very different. Like, there's a character, I feel, that embodies the very spirit of what DRV3 is. Yeah. So, yeah. My favorite character, too. (laughs) My favorite character that is not me or Aruma. Because me is the best. I thought you were going to say Nagito. Oh, I love Nagito, too. Yeah. Nagito is great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought, yeah, I thought Polly was just talking about it within DV3. Yeah, within within V3, like, yeah, my favorite character in that game is the character that kind of, like, the entire theme of that game is based on. Definitely. Uh, I'm I'm here for this. How long is it? I heard it's much longer. I freaking crushed through it. Yeah. I've Rhett crushed through this one in a way that he did not the previous because usually like when he played one and two, he just kind of took his time between chapters, just kind of mm-hmm. like he was just flying through this shit. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was sick the la- the day I finished it, so I did like the last two full chapters the same day, and that's <laughs> a lot of shit to take in, especially when you're yeah. sick. So I might need to replay those at some point because woo, especially you know that ending, that ending, oh boy, he goes for it. Um, yeah, because I think the first two were like 25 hours for me. Yeah, like, this one took me like 35 or something. Okay. Steam says I played it. Steam says I played it for 50, and I'm like, you're fucking smoking crack, Steam? I don't know, Mm. it's really, it's pretty long. Yeah, like, like, you get, like, the free time events and the way chapters unfold feels a lot slower to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for some reason I thought two felt the slowest. Mm. Hmm. And then, but one gave you the feeling of Stockholm, not Stockholm Syndrome, like isolation and repetitiveness. Because yeah. a lot of the game in one is just, you wake up, you're not outside, you don't know what time it is. Like, 
Yeah. It's very like potentially claustro- claustrophobic. That's the word. Yeah, That's I word. really liked that about the first yeah. game is that you never mm. knew what time of day it was and shit like that. It's kind of like uh, the 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 fun house chapter in DR2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or or the Zero Escape stuff. Yeah, Zero Escape has a lot of that similar tension where it's just like... And it's playing 999. Nice. Makes you feel good. Yeah. Wait, has Red played any of those yet? I have the first two on PS4 now. I haven't started cool. it yet. Because I, I well, want to... Part- Wanted to wrap up Danganronpa first. Considering you crushed through, like, all three Danganronpas, like, you can probably give yeah. it a bit of a break. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, I'll probably hop into this one at some point. It's it's one it's one of the ones that I know will always be there for me when I'm when I'm ready for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and cool. then I played Yakuza Zero. Oh, hey, I know this game. <laughs> oh, these games look tasty. So... This one kind of feels like the breakout hit so far this series. Yeah. Where, like, 4 and 5, I thought, because they went free on PlayStation Plus, like, people like me played them because they're cheap. And, like, you started to see some talk of the series. But then the Yakuza 0 seems like the one where it's kind of hit. Yeah, people have kind of really latched on to it now. Yeah. And I think a lot of that helps because... A lot of that's because this one is a prequel, so, like, there's no baggage. Yeah. Like, this is just the new start of the story instead of the original Yakuza. So, like, it's very good at introducing you and not having, you know, a ton of backstory and characters that are like, who are these guys you're introducing too much? Like, everything introduced in this is supposed to be new and, like, yeah, mm-hmm. for this game. Cool. So, like, I got a couple chapters in this game, though, and I was like, I don't know why people think this one is really so much better than 4 and 5. Or, like, all the old ones. And then by the time I finished it, I was like, man, this one actually is really something special, even compared to... The ones oh, I don't, cool. I've already played, like, this one's really good. So 4 and 5 have this problem where you play, like, 4 chapters as one character, and then 4 chapters as another character, and then 4 chapters as another character, and then 4 chapters as another character. They both are the ones with multiple characters, and then, like, it all kind of culminates at the very, very end. Right. Yakuza 0 is different. You only play as two characters this time. So you do two chapters as one as Kiryu, the two chapters as Majima, and then two chapters as Kiryu and two chapters as Majima, and back and forth for the whole game until the very end. Mm. And I think it gives it a much better flow because, like Yakuza four and five, it's like you're finishing this arc for one character and then having to start all over with a new character who has a like beginnings in this game are always super slow yeah so what yakuza zero is able to do is like end every even chapter on a cliffhanger so like what that does is that when you go back to another character you're excited to play as them again because you want to resolve that cliffhanger that they left you off on oh yay and then when you finish their two chapters it's like oh no it's another cliffhanger that but then you go back to the other character and you're like oh yeah i get to finish their cliffhanger now it it would really suck if you did not like one of these characters that's a pretty Mm. big roll of the dice they're taking there Mm -hmm. but so one of them is kiryu who's you know yakuza guy who's the playable character in all of them and the other one is majima who everybody fucking loves in this game like he's the breakout star really it's kind of his story overall but what's weird is that Majima, in the previous games, is kind of a crazy jokester villain character. Mm-hmm. And in this, he has this super emotional resonant story where he's, like, kind of down on his luck and, like, going through some real tough shit. He's, like, 
his characterization is just completely different. Interesting. And it's like, so I was expecting, like, this crazy, wild guy, and then he's, like, he's super suave and, like, respectful. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> a super weird word to think. But then you've realized, like, he's trapped in this life he's living in and is kind of miserable. Like, he doesn't actually like being that guy. Yeah. So, like, the maybe the transition from how he is in this game to the others isn't particularly smooth, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of kind of jumping a bit to the end here where it's like prequels have this problem I always feel where like at the very end they have to position the pieces exactly as they yeah, appear or in the next doesn't bit. make sense or it doesn't make sense because they, they can never stand it on their own entirely and do whatever they want right it's like the example I always think of is like the Star Wars prequel uh-huh. where at the end Yoda and Kenobi Wan Kenobi just go off to these two planets to then sit there for 20 years and yeah, not do anything. Yeah, it's so it's dumb. So, like, it's so, like, literally putting the pieces where they're going to be. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so blatant, too. It's just yeah. so bad. So, as good as Yakuza 0 is, I feel there's a little bit of that mm-hmm. at the end, at the very end where it's like, oh, well, certain characters obviously can't die here. So this one character I thought was going to be, like, the final boss, like, actually ends up doing nothing because he's a major character in the next game. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, but that it's not soup. It's not super bad in this. The one part that drives me nuts is you have these two characters, Majima and Kiryu, and eventually they're so at the very start their stories don't seem to have anything to do with each other, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. But they're both engaging and interesting. And then as you get about halfway through, like you start to see how these stories are connected. Oh, and then they start to get closer and closer together, like time wise and like location wise. Cause for a lot of the game, Majima is in a totally different city. Yeah. Than is. So like, they're not even in the same locations, which also helps keeps things fresh. Cause you're like, you do two chapters in one city and then you go to the other one. So like nothing's getting super repetitive, mm-hmm. but then towards the end of the game, Majima goes to the city Kiryu's in, and then you have a fight against Kiryu's best friend <laughs> and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Like you the do. The conclusion here is that these two characters are going to collide, have a misunderstanding, and there's going to be an awesome fight. <laughs> and that doesn't happen. Oh, wow. They don't meet each other in the game. Oh, that. And I'm fucking like, oh, that's. And I so I figured this is just a prequel thing where obviously there must be some scene of Majima meeting Kiryu in one of the later games. That they have to save for then. Nope. And it turns out there really isn't. <laughs> oh, wow. And <laughs> like, what's it all for then? It's it's the one thing that really... That would bug the shit out of me. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then... So this game takes place in 1988. And I started playing Yakuza Kiwami last night, which is the remake of the first game. Mm-hmm. It is made on the Yakuza 0 engine, so that, like... Basically, it's the new follow-up to the Yakuza 0. Yeah. That game starts in 1995, and Majima and Kiryu know each other now. Oh. So, there was totally potential to just have this awesome scene of them meeting each other and beating the shit out of each other that they don't go for Yeah, Yakuza like, if you're gonna fucking remake... The, if you're gonna remake the fucking game, you might as well just go full ham on the prequel and change something like that. It doesn't yeah. even seem like they changed anything. They just 
there's been like seven years between the games and that they don't really recap at all. Mm. So you never get to see how they met. <laughs> so that's kind of why they did Yakuza Zero story. It's such a weird swing and miss. But like the ending is still super good. Like the last dungeon. I mean, I say dungeon, the but like dungeon. they these basically have beat up levels yeah. where it's just versus a hundred dudes in a row. Like the last mm-hmm. beat up levels, the most hype I've been in a game for like ever. It's like the music's perfect. The mood is perfect. It's like, I'm going to get these fuckers. We're going to save the day, beat the shit of like, I'm going to fight the entire gang of like 25,000 <laughs> and I'm going to fucking win. You're getting so pumped up. Yeah. And then the ending made me cry a bunch because it's a very heartfelt story <laughs> so it's God, like that's really nice this game is so good it's just this one thing of them meeting each other that doesn't happen that drives me fucking crazy yeah that's just such a missed opportunity yeah, so sad because then there's even a scene at the end like doing the prequel thing where they put on their outfits from the other games in the series yeah. where he's like I don't feel like the white suit anymore. I feel like the gray suit. Dun, dun, dun. dun. And, then, and then that's what he wears for the next 30 the years. Next, yeah. <laughs> My God. So very silly. And then there's, you know, the usual tons of side games and mini games and stuff. And you can play Fantasy Zone and Outrun and... Excellent. Space Harrier. Yeah, those are good ways to spend yeah. your time on your PS4. Really pushing it to its limit. <laughs> and then there's like there's a property management mini game that's based <gasps> just a clicker game oh no you run out and beat people up if they're harassing your properties yeah so i spent like more time playing that than i'd like to admit because <laughs> it's just you watch the numbers go up and like instead of experience in this game you just have money so it's like to buy this upgrade it's 30 million yen but then you get really good at this clicker game, and it's like, oh, I make 30 million yen, like, every two minutes. Oh, my <laughs> so, God. You yeah. you are the reason. Numbers getting bigger. <laughs> you are the reason Doom 2016 sucks. Numbers getting bigger is very good. That's what Zelda's all about. Oh. John can appreciate that. God. The last upgrades in this game are 1 billion yen, I, and even I never got that far. <laughs> I was good like, Lord. Fuck. <laughs> No, I mean, I get it. I played I played 10 billion wives. So I basically get <laughs> yeah. it. And then Majima's main minigame is owning a hostess bar. Yeah! Like, so, like, you have your stable of girls with all, like, different stats and attributes. You can dress them up and then, like, open the bar and, like, customers will, like, come it's over. It's like Lemonade Stand, really. It actually really is. <laughs> it's like... Oh, this customer wants a cute girl with a good, you know, conversation abilities. I'll send this girl over to him. And then she'll be like, oh, we need more ice over here. Like, oh, my God. Oh, would you like to extend your stay? And then, like, when the guy leaves, oh, do you want to give him a present? Or do you want to, like, praise the girl so she gets her HP back? Like, it's... And I played that, like, each round is, like, three minutes. And I, after I played the first one, it's like, ah, oh, never doing that again. And then I ended up playing way more of that than I'd like to admit as well. There's another 30 hours of gameplay well spent. I don't know if it was quite that much, but, like, I idled a lot in this game because I think it, the timer keeps going when the game is paused, but I had, like, 90 hours at the end somehow. Good lord. 
There's like 200 side quests. I did not get nearly that far. <laughs> these this games is, are big. These games are big and very not poly. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think this one probably you'd like the most if you just, like, you can just focus on the main story in this if you want. Like, it's a pretty easy game. Yeah. So you don't need to be, like, fucking maximizing your revenue to get billions of yen so you yeah, can upgrade this. I've, I've like, played three Yakuza 3. I know how those games go. Oh, so. yeah. But, like, I think this one probably, of the ones I've played, this one has the best story. Mm, cool. Like, ask me what happened in Yakuza 5. What happened in Yakuza 5? I don't remember. Oh, I remember there was like a bear and you beat it up. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah, I, okay, you're right. I do remember going to prison for like five hours of gameplay and being fucking bored out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and then you break out and fight a bear, but then you're stuck in the wilderness for like another few hours. Like, that chapter is so fucking awful. <laughs> Yakuza 5 is weird because it's so insanely bloated. Yeah. So, like, this one pulls back a little bit. Like, okay, two characters this time, and they're both really fun to play as. Because cool. they each have three fighting styles, which is so you can find the one you like the most. Which for me is guy with the hamp or b- baseball bat. That's a pretty good fighting style. One of my fighting styles is just pulls out a fucking baseball bat. I, that's probably the route I would go. Probably the best one, you just hit square, square, triangle, and then the third hit will just fucking one-hit kill like anybody. Good lord. So Yakuza 0 is really good. And, like, I couldn't stop thinking about this game after I beat it for, like, two weeks. So you're still playing like, it. You're still playing it. No, I started K- Kiwami last night. Oh, that's right. Okay. What's Kiwami? Just, like, that's the remake, that's of, the remake the of the first one. Oh, cool. So, like... A little bit under that, like, you can tell, like, oh, it's a remake of the first game. Like, there's way less side stuff to do, and, like, it's very direct. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's no arcade games, which is weird. Huh. Even, even though it's a remake using Yakuza Zero's engine. Yeah, you'd think mm-hmm. that's something that could just kind of plop in there. I think because this was a budget release, maybe yeah. they intentionally did stuff. So, like, a lot of the side quests are, like, way simpler mm-hmm. in, like, plot-wise. But then there's a side quest I'm doing that is very much new. You can tell immediately this is obviously only in the game because it's following up on something from Yakuza Zero. Ah. Uh. You're meeting these characters from that game 17 years later, and it's it's kind of wild because the time jump is huge. Hmm. Weird. Those those games remain a weird thing that I'm glad they exist. Yeah, definitely. They seem like the more, kind of modern Shenmue successor, right? Sort of the deal so. with the super dense worlds, or like super dense little cities full of people yeah. and shit. Yeah. I think, I like I think that's really neat. Kiwami 2, which is a remake of the second game, just came out in Japan. Mm. So, and then, the, and then there's Yakuza 6, which is the final chapter in Kiryu's story. Mm. And then they're teasing Yakuza 7. So, like, they're Lord, they are just. That is all they're making now. Because then there's Yakuza Ishin, which is Yakuza series, but in feudal Japan. Oh, my <laughs> God. Those games are not getting localized, sadly. Just like the just like the fucking... They made Phoenix Wright games in feudal yeah. Japan, and they didn't localize them. Yeah. It's such exactly. a good premise. There's like a Phoenix Wright Sherlock Holmes game that's never coming oh. out here because of weird copyright disputes with the Sherlock Holmes name. 
that sucks. Curses. It's real weird. But didn't you get that really awful Professor Layton game with with no, Phoenix, right? It's not very good. Nah, no, it's a bummer. I kept telling myself I, like, I was going to buy like Professor Layton for that. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, um, Yakuza 0 is two thumbs up. Like, as many oh, games yeah. I've played already, this might be my favorite game of the year so far. Like, oh, it, yay. It really sucked with me, even against all these new games that were, you know, not sequels that I played before. Yeah. Like, somehow this still elevated itself, because Kraken Hounds is so much fun. Mm. Yeah, Fuck that's it. one thing Yakuza gets right. It's that It does feel real fucking good to beat people up. And it leaves you wanting more, which I think is really smart. Mm. Because, like, nothing really gets overplayed. Because, I don't know, there's not a ton of combat. But when it has those big... When it pops off, it feels really good. When it pops off, it goes hard. Yeah. That's all I've been up to. Nice. Nice. Uh, uh, Again, going back to January. Um, So, in January, like, it was was like, alright. We flushed 2017 down the drain where it belongs. Right in the old toilet. Let's 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 start 2000, 2018 by getting this backlog all cleared up. So I was like, "Hey, Dang and Rumpa Ultra Despair Girls, you look good." Oh, oh, oh no. no! Oh no! <laughs> no, this game's bad. It's terrible. Not oh, only that's just so, from, that's so unfortunate. Not just from a gameplay standpoint, because I kind of expected that. It's like, oh great, the people that made Dang and Rumpa are gonna make a third-person shooter. Huh. This is a company primarily known for visual novels. I'm probably going to lower my expectations gameplay-wise. And hey, whatever. Like, simple, dumb, awful puzzles that are brain-dead. I'm here for Danganronpa's story. And then its story is just this completely cynical, nihilistic, awful um, exploitation of child abuse that made me violently ill. Ugh. And man, I was just like, man, video games sure are toilet, huh? And then I was just like, well... But not so. But not so. Turns out, video games aren't toilet. It was I, I played... Uh, I got back to a series that I've been meaning to get back to for a while. Got back to that good old Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky series. The good stuff. One of, one of the mm. highest... One of the most highly praised games. A game that I literally... Trails in the Sky SC and the Game of the Year podcast, I literally broke my voice talking about. <laughs> After I talked about that game, like, I was just like, I, I can't talk no more. We're done. Um, yeah, and uh, Trails the Third, it's kind of like the, 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 an epilogue for this little series as a whole. Um, it, it focuses a lot on telling these little mini stories of each character's life sort of after the major events that went down in second chapter because you know once the fun's over of the big anime climax everybody's got to go back to their normal lives and deal with the normal life shit that they're dealing with uh and that's what a lot of this game kind of focuses on but it kind of goes about doing that in a way that initially kind of had me worried uh because this is not a game that has towns or anything uh which the world is kind huh. of the strong point of Trails in the Sky. Um, and, the, you know, you're, the, 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 there's, a, there's a conceit that this game takes where, like, you revisit 
all of the areas that you've seen throughout the course of the game in sort of a victory lap way, but they're dungeons. Like, hmm. so this is kind of like, oh, it's a dungeon crawler, and I have a hub, and I come back to this hub to buy items, huh. and then go into, oh, okay. So this was, a, like, a concept that initially kind of worried me at first, but it turns out to actually be kind of interesting and cool, because they revisit a lot of these areas, um... In really cool uh, ways that kind of play on the story they're trying to tell of this main character, who was a character in Trails of the Sky, uh, second chapter. Uh, but they're kind of like, let's let's shift the focus. Like, you know, how how let, let's test ourselves to see how well we hold up when we don't have Estelle Bright carrying this thing, because Estelle Bright is one of the most fantastic RPG protagonists ever. And you literally don't see her for, like, the first 10 to 15 hours of the game. <laughs> cool. And that was a ballsy decision they made because you have such a lock on that position already. And they could have easily just put this entire thing from her perspective. But there's a different story they wanted to tell with this different character. Um, and I think that, like, uh, you know, Chelsea mentioned that the story kind of resonates on a human level. And I think that that's absolutely true for, like, like, I think that this game's story and its world, it, like, it cares way more for its cast of characters and their lives than any other RPG I think that I've played. Uh, because there's a lot of care and love put into these characters, not just like, oh, we gotta give everybody the happy ending. It's just like, no, like, when the anime climax is over, everybody's gotta go back to their normal lives and deal with their normal life shit, like I said. And they go about, like, making all of these stories relatable, and it's very easy to find a piece or pieces of yourself in all of these little stories that they kind of, you unlock as you go through the dungeon. Like, you'll find, like, these weird doors with different symbols on them that have different requirements for opening and then you go into this big 45 minute cutscene of like oh huh. shit okay huh. we're going to get a real look at this character's life or the things that's happening for them uh and like how they got pulled into this very weird story um and like I totally see why it, uh, like, like, this is like a game whose emotional core is just so big and pure and like, like the, the entire last hour of the game, I was literally sitting in my chair bawling because it was just, <laughs> oh, it was just, it's so emotionally satisfying, but it's also not afraid to rake you over the coals when it has to, but Unlike something like Ultra Despair Girls, it doesn't revel in doing that. Whereas I think Ultra Despair Girls is exploitative of emotions and things that you shouldn't exploit. There are a couple of points in Trails the Third where it tackles the same kind of issues that that game's trying to talk about. But it does it in a very tasteful manner. It is very... De like, it treats delicate subjects with a lot of care and a steady hand to make sure that the point gets across that like, like, yeah, some situations are bad. They're not hopeless. Things are going to be shitty for a while, but you know, like 
they, you know, like it's not trying to be over the top sappy with hope and shit. Um, but it's also not nihilistic in saying that like you can't better yourself. Like if there's something about yourself that you don't like, like, like it's easy to kind of probably find that in a character in this game and sort of latch on to their story or many of the stories that are told um in this game and it's just like if you packed these three games together into one game it would be the best jrpg ever and this is not even talking about like how the combat system kind of gets pushed to its logical extremes or cool. like how all that stuff just totally works it's fine like i like the combat system and stuff but that's not why i'm here you know the last hour of that mm -hmm. game is why I'm there. They they give you these really strong emotional punches that are very well earned with this cast of characters you've grown to love over these first two games because you you and you care a lot about them and you want to see them uh, reach for what's best in them. And then like the 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 story the main character goes through is sort of like it's the main reason we're here and the main reason everything's happening like that story is kind of like this one big general theme that all of these smaller themes kind of like resonate inside of if that makes sense like they're all mm -hmm. this little like like kevin's story is this big bubble and everybody else's like you know and the themes that encompass his story and what he has to come to terms with Everybody has something in common with that, but it plays in a different way. Um, and I don't want to, like, kind of bring out what those themes are because I don't want to spoil it. Uh, right. beca because I think it's such... Like, you play these games for their world and their characters and their story, and this is the finest, most well-put-together and well-deserved victory lap for like a series of like yeah it was just two games prior but like this is a i feel that it's a game that earned its victory lap and its victory lap is just so fucking sweet like <laughs> even without having to like to like run around cities and and do things for the guild or anything like that or experience these smaller stories of npcs and stuff pulling the entire cast together for one last big hoedown just feels real fucking good um and, and it's like yeah like I, I was i was crying at the end but at the end it's also like it's it's, it's a feel-good story that doesn't go like to the anime extreme of feel-good happy mm -hmm. ending to have to get its point across like it doesn't have to like it doesn't have to mahime itself Oh, I was gonna say Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood itself. Yeah, it doesn't. Ha it doesn't say. have to Brotherhood itself either. Mm. Um, Does everyone get married and have children and live happy ever after? No, it's 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 okay, it's okay. nothing <laughs> like that at all. Like there's still like characters with flaws that like yeah like when you leave like when you finally put it down, it's it's a very Undertale kind of feeling where it's just like oh, yeah? it's time for me to leave this world now. Like, all of these characters, like, I shared a part of my life with them in some way, and now it's time for us to, you know, go do our own shit. And, like, that's the feeling that that uh, Trails the Third uh -huh. gave me, and 
it's a real good feeling, and I understand why it touched Chelsea on a personal level because it touched me on a personal level and, and said a lot of things that I wanted to hear or needed to hear or, you know, it, or, or just wrapped up a character arc that I wanted to see play out in some satisfying fashion. It does all of that. And it just, it's so weird how all of these games just feel so complete. Like, it's so lovingly put together. The people behind it, like, the stuff they threw into these games, like, I just don't feel that you pull the things that they pulled down from the ether. Like, somebody felt something writing all of this, I feel like. And, like, that's really cool when you can come across something like that. And also, should give props to the localizers. Holy Exceed. shit, Exceed. My god. And we hope they continue to do this series in the future. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> I don't see how anyone could localize this series with the same kind of... Like, you know, like, you know, like, like Falcom, they have a lot of love for their characters and their world. And XC does as well. And they put forth so much into their localization that just, like, reading some of the dialogue, it's just so good. You get like the like you develop voices in your head, even though none of these characters are voiced. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, I, I read the you know, like I, I posted some examples on Twitter while I was playing. And I just thought, like, that is so written how I would want that character to talk. Or if you showed that line of dialogue to someone, they would be like, OK, I have a pretty good idea. I bet I know what that character looks like or, you know, or how they behave or approach things. And it's just. Yeah, the, these games don't work without Xseed handling them. Hmm. Please stay far away from Nisa. Please. <laughs> Please. I also so love fun. that these, these games so, so seem so grand in scope that the third game you're calling the Victory Lap, like, they made the epilogue its entire home game. Yeah, it really is. Like, it's an epilogue, and it's like a 50-hour epilogue. <laughs> That's nuts. But sounds really sweet. Oh, I, I loved every moment of it. Like, it, it's just, like, even, you know, I didn't even talk about the gameplay much. Like, for me, like, it's just like, yeah, it's on point. It's what I want in this, yeah, like, these games have a really cool battle system that I love engaging with. And that gets taken to its logical extreme as well, where the, the fights can just be like, holy shit, a whole new level of strategy that I did not think I would need to use. And then you go into the final dungeon and you have to use literally every character and it feels so good. Because, <laughs> like, it's just, it's not like somebody has to sit back on the airship while we while we go uh, and do things. Like, literally every character has to be a part of this conclusion for it to work. And it feels what? so good. Wow, shots fired at Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it. Like, I would probably put this series above Final Fantasy VI. I mean, they only have to sit back if you get the bonus characters. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. Doesn't everybody basically come in? That's like the one RPG where everyone does. That's like the one other RPG where everyone does yeah. get to join in on the final dungeon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> except, except like, well, yeah, no, wait. Yeah, everyone does. Go, go and tomorrow. We'll throw it off. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think I can, I think I can make it without them. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> but like, the, the thing is, it's just like everybody, like, you know, everybody is there for the final conflict. 
And it just feels good that everybody came along and doesn't just magically appear there. Everybody had to overcome something to get there. So there's like four, so there's like four paths, and everybody has to come along, and everybody gets there in the final big confrontation, and words are being thrown back and forth, <laughs> emotional jabs, emotional gut punches, thrills, chills, kills. <laughs> well, not dun- kills. Are these dungeons like literally things that are happening, or are they like metaphorical representations of character struggles? Hmm. Or is it a bit of both? It's a bit of both because huh. the, the the situation you're in is a representation of something as it and, and the way that you're kind of introduced into dungeons that are various places you've been are very tied to characters as well. Interesting. So it does sound a little weird having this big climax in an epilogue. Yeah, like, the the big climax. Does this need its own epilogue game afterwards? No, I don't. I don't think <laughs> so. Kidding. No, but like the final, final, final confrontation is you know like like why we're here. You know, like Kevin's story has to come to a close. Uh, you know, as well as everybody else's. So you get that, and then you get your big one hour goodbye to everyone and it is just like you're sitting there it's like i love you all and i want you all to have good things in life you all deserve it <laughs> as you're waving them off into the sunset it, it's such a yeah i cannot recommend that series highly enough so when are you playing cold steel uh probably summer <laughs> i i have cold steel one already so nice yeah i'm ready i'm ready but i kind of just like yeah that, yeah, that game stuck with me for a while. That game stuck to my soul for, like, a month after I beat it. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just got a lot of cool things to say about a lot of things, and it's all really well thought out and good stuff. And I think more people should play those games. But it definitely sounds like Falcom games are getting a lot more traction now in the West. Yeah. So I, th- I, I think more people are likely to play... Uh, the Trails in the Sky games, uh, if they are liking what they have with Cold Steel, because yeah, yeah, I think they're good. I'm really excited. You should be. I like, yeah, I want to wrap up. Wait, well, I, I, I want to wrap up Trails, but I can't until um, Anna, Anna's playing 999 now, so ah. I need to get back to that when she's done with the Vita. Gotcha. I, I feel like Trails, the first chapter, is the one we keep playing, saying, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. Yeah, and then you realize that like the further you get into that series they're going slow because they care and and i think that that's why i don't mind the first trails game being as slow as it is now is because they're taking the time because they want to tell this story in a very specific way and they want it to resound and Mm -hmm. that all that effort just totally fucking pays off when you hit those big climactic moments of the Mm -hmm. second game and when you get to that big punch that is the third they're just su- such oh, a damn great really cool. series i think i i think i was um halfway through chapter three so i'm i think i'm you are close getting to, pretty close to the it's end it's of the about first to pop up when i get back to that game uh, it's about to pop off i mean i'm at the start of chapter one because the prologue was very slow yeah the prologue is like i feel like six but hours. i feel like if i go back to it i should probably just replay the prologue at this point <laughs> just to brush up on the battle system yeah, you you definitely want to know that battle system because uh, one and two are pretty hard, um, mm-hmm. and I think maybe even though three kind of pushes it logically to the extreme, I think one and two are a, a bit more difficult. 
Mm-hmm. But even then, losing fights in those games isn't any big deal, because if you choose to retry, it just lowers the enemy stats, so it's not as bad. Uh, huh. Oh, and there's turbo mode now. So yeah, turbo mode. Hours. Turbo mode makes it so much better, except for John. Uh, yeah, I'll probably play the I'll probably play the sequel on computer. Uh, it's really nice being able to play on the PSP. Yeah, <laughs> I really I, like. Yeah, like I, I would like like I played through the third on a Steam Link, and I, even just being able to chill out in my chair and relax and have some junk food around. Even that was better than just having to sit at my computer and play the and play that game. So I mm-hmm. had a good time. Also, yeah, Steam Link, it's pretty cool. Oh, nice. Oh yeah. I got it for five bucks. Five dollars. Five dollars. It's like a foot five long bucks. at Subway. Did second chapter come to PSP? I can't remember. Yeah. It did. Yeah, it eventually came out. It eventually came out. Like, they promised it. uh, Specifically on PSP. Yeah, specifically. Not even Vita at that point. Yeah. I think they're all three on Vita now, though. Oh, neat. Or they're backwards compatible. I can't... I don't remember how that series was done on the the Vita, or or with backwards compatibility, at least. Yeah. But yeah, I love that series, and... When the dust settles, I don't know how that series is going to shake up, like, my favorite RPGs, but I think that it's definitely got way more heart than any of them. Yeah, I said it. That's the sound of Chrono Triggers crying in the corner. Like, I think this game has way more heart than Chrono Trigger. I love Chrono Trigger, don't get me wrong, but I think that when it comes to just, like, a human emotional connection... (laughs) And just feeling real, but still being able to have those high anime moments mm-hmm. where it's ridiculous. I do like anime moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's the thing that I like, is that the series can have, they can straddle that line of wanting to feel grounded and wanting you to relate to these characters, but still having these big animes, <laughs> grand schemes that are just like, oh, come on, that's stupid. <laughs> I see, the dog agrees. The dog agrees with me. You know what's funny, though? I think that's kind of the line of thinking that I love about Yakuza. Oh, where, yeah? Where it's got, like, an emotional core to it to some degree that you can pull like, from. Yeah, like, those games will be super slow for the first couple hours because they're building the world and those characters and those relationships. Yeah. And then it just goes completely fucking anime by the end. <laughs> that's good shit. Yeah. Imagine John is wrangling in a dog now. <laughs> Couldn't even hit Mike. Love it on him for a minute there. There you go. Uh, I mean that makes sense because the Trails games are have like the they just take way they take a lot more time for you to spend time with your characters. Whereas Chrono Trigger is like a twenty hour game, so it has yeah. to draw its cast in broader strokes. Yeah, yeah, and that's not there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's this weird, like. I don't know, revisionist hatred I'm seeing lately for Chrono Trigger. Oh, get, get the fuck out. Well, I'm seeing in, a lot of weird shit. In particular... In house, we do not diss Chrono Trigger. I'm, I'm seeing weird, like, revisionist, quote-unquote, hot takes about Chrono Trigger lately that are just like, man, you just really want to be the internet contrarian, don't you? I will not stand for I mean, this. I've been seeing that. For, that's been four years. I, I, I feel it for me. I've I feel like you I staked myself. People. I feel like I staked myself in the corner of the internet, the only corner of the internet that has beef there. 
So Meanwhile, we all have beef with Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true, and that's 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 this only exclusively this corner of the internet apparently. Twenty sixteen, Polly hates. <laughs> Zelda John was cool on. Yeah, it was fun. It was it's really a pretty fun podcast as well here. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's like, oh, contrarian asshole. And in case anyone earlier was offended by me saying Doom 2016 sucks and your opinion sucks, I'm sorry that your opinion sucks. Mm-hmm. Come I on. Say, you know, y'all know I love you. You know I say these things in jest on the real. Mm-hmm. And then we were talking about FMA, and I was like, I just can't figure out a way to understand other people's opinions without just making it sound like I think they're wrong. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to disagree with someone without calling them a fucking idiot. No, like, with Secret of Mana, I wrote that big blog post where I was like, all right, I think I figured out kind of the appeal here. I feel like I get it. You have and to be a moron. But, and then with Brotherhood, I'm just like, ugh, why? Life so, is yeah. good. Uh, I guess it's time we should probably start winding things down then. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, uh... Hey, thanks all for listening. Uh, I know we don't do these as often as we used to. Uh, you know, there might be a point in time where we are able to get back on a two-week schedule, mm-hmm. but I don't want to interfere with anybody's life kind of going on. Yeah. I know Rhett's got some stuff going on, and like I said, I don't want that to interfere. But there might be a time we can get these back, but we are going to try to do them as often as we can. Uh, so hopefully this isn't a super rare occurrence, but hey, yeah. maybe, maybe we yeah, can get I'm back at you, like, you know, maybe in a month or so. Uh, you'll hear from us again, hopefully. That sounds nice. I'm in a much more stable place than I was for, like, all of last year. Yeah. So I'm it's, feeling it's better. Pretty weird times going on there for a while. Yep. Pretty so, hairy. Soon, soon they'll be far away times. Aw. Speaking of, John Thayer, as we wind down, where can we find Plug you? Plug your podcast. Plug your oh, new podcast. I was, getting, I was hyping myself up for it. All right. Um, you can find me at farawaytimes.com. Um, you can get excited for the many video games I'm working on right now. I haven't released anything in in like eight months, but it's because I've got a lot of irons in the fire and things are shaping up really good. I've got an RPG that I think is going to be pretty fabulous called Facets. I think y'all are going to like that. Um, I also am on a podcast with Was Not, Why Not? Um, Leroy Lewin, um, who... I'll be having one of the people who wrote one of those takes on Crunchy. Oh, God, I think it was. I, ho- I hope Leroy doesn't think I hate him. I just vehemently no, I, disagree. I, it was a, I thought it was – I like the essay. I think it was more around Chrono Trigger anyway, thinking about kind of other things. Um, but it's a very good – he's extremely cool and very good, and I really like podcasting with him. You can find our podcast, World Revolution, where we talk about – um basically just so far just weird rpg maker games we made an episode on middens and an episode on um what is it called a slime bent on revenge and co um a vaporware game i'm trying to get so that it can compile consistently on modern computers <laughs> that i can put it online for folks um because it, it took me a couple hours to get it running um uh you can find us at dead genre chronicles dot l-i-b-s-y-n dot com oh, dead nice. genre chronicles dot l-i-b-s-y-n dot com it's kind of a spin-off of their other podcast which i i should probably listen to at some point oh. um so yeah 
RP, we're, we're going to talk about RPG Maker games, and I'm making an RPG Maker game, and life is good. And then you'll talk about that on your new podcast when you release yeah, it. Well, that that would probably be a bit conceited. You break, uh, you'll break your that. arm jerking yourself off. Oh, don't worry. I, yeah, I'm good at that. Um, <laughs> Rhett, where can we find you? Uh, N3.tumblr.com. I finally updated after like half a year. Oh, which meant, shit! Which meant I posted the last four episodes of this podcast finally. Nice. <laughs> and that's I did it. that on my main blog too. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, we're doing a new one. I should probably finally really just fucking do that. And it didn't even take that long. <laughs> all the effort. All the yeah. effort. All the effort. For these posts to get zero notes, obviously. Yeah. I know the feeling. But I it's nice having an archive, and the art is yeah. pretty. Yeah. I love your site, yeah. Looks good. That's very good. I, I plugged your games again recently, because I spent, I, like, a week just like, oh, God, Rhett's games are very good. Exactly! Like, Rhett, when's you, nice. when you when are you putting uh, out your next video game? Uh, it's Hunters, saw... but the... I'm going to make Hunters, but the numbers get bigger as you go. Uh... <laughs> you solved Flash 4, so once you once you did that, once you be- beat Flash 4, yeah. it's kind of hard to figure out where to go from yeah, there. It, it really was, like, I can't go further with this like i basically wanted to make a game similar to hollow knight in flash 4 and then it was just like no this can't happen but it's a flash game hollow knight is fucking unity like it's actually a 3d game yeah it's actually 3d that's so crazy to me unity is wild every time i've tried it it's just like it's incredible it has the super dense interface and it's you have to do a lot of coding yep just from scratch it's it's hard. I, the the idea that it's like a baby engine is so ridiculous. It's baby engine when compared to like Unreal. If you write your like, own fucking, even, if even you write then. your own, if you're writing your own fucking renderer, sure, it's a baby yeah. engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, as I understand like, it, Unreal is like kind of equivalent. Like I think if you're if you're making something in fucking OpenGL, then yeah, then just then you're doing a lot more from scratch, but. Like all it does is like it defines how what how like a camera works and maybe yeah. some basic lighting stuff, um, but you have to do your own collision. You have to do your own. It's wild. I think it has it's an so input parser becoming... too, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so too. So it's coming off a of game maker. It's wild, and I have so much respect for. A, I have a bunch of dev friends that are really good at Unity and have no like CS background, and I have a big CS background, and I've tried Unity. <laughs> it's just like. I'm out. Bye, all. <laughs> Done. <laughs> all right. And uh, you can find me nowhere because I don't use public social media. <laughs> so just you find me website, at my website. Where you my find website. this podcast. Yeah, you probably got this off the podcast feed or the website. One of those. Anyway, we're going to scoot on out of here for now. But remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you. We're the only ones that love live you. Off of my fucking podcast. You're fired. (laughs) It's over.